Blog Talk Radio. You deserve the glory and the honor. Lord, we lift our heads in worship as we praise your holy name. You deserve the glory and the honor. Lord, we lift our hands in worship as we bless your holy name. You deserve, you deserve the glory and the
faithful God. Awesome is your name. You do mighty things. <laughs> you do glory. You're the faithful God. Your name is Yahweh. Your name is Yahweh. You're a miracle working God. Your name is Yahweh. Your name is Yahweh. Your name is Yahweh. You're a miracle working God. Your name, you want to declare it. Your name, your name, your name is Yahweh. Your name is Yahweh. You are a miracle working God. Miracle working God. Your name, your name, your name, your name, your name. Then take my soul. 
Shalom, shalom, my brother, my sister. Welcome to the Lord's Hour. Your host, brother in Christ, brother L.V. Zapata. Thank you, Lord. We thank the Lord for another day. He will allow us to share his word, share his revelation. He is good. He is awesome. He knows exactly what we need and when we need it. Amen. So he wants us to trust him above all, no matter what. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Shalom, Sister Luna. Shalom, each one of you. Amen. Thank you, Lord. We are grateful for his love. Sister Celestia shared a recap prophecy last night that I wanted to play because I was thinking and some of the things she was saying there, and I will, but I, I wanted also to go by, by Daniel 12. I remember last time we didn't finish Daniel 12. There was a few things in Daniel 12 we didn't talk about. My brother insisted. One is the, the, the time of trouble, which is great tribulation coming up upon the earth. Um, and then Michael, the, the great prince, who stands uh, in behalf of Israel, God's people. My brother, my sister. Uh, this is all be happening during the great tribulation that is fast approaching, it's close. You know, praise the Lord. God has been speaking to us. And the shortness of time, shortness of time, my brother and sister. So it's important that before we are lifted up, up in the cloud, we study these things. And um, we, because I know some of these audio are going to help people staying behind in the great tribulation. For us, the church, we need to stay focused on Jesus because the time is practically over. We're practically in heaven. Like Jesus said to me one time, your feet are almost up here. As I was standing with Jesus in the park in heaven, before he sent me back down, he said, your feet are almost up here. Thank you, Lord. So that's that's important to know that our feet are almost in heaven, Church of Christ. Amen. And we're looking forward to that great, great day. Thank you, Lord. I hear some kind of echo sound I wonder what that is thank you Lord but thank you Jesus thank you Yeshua we are grateful for the opportunity that God has given us thank you Lord to share his word and share his revelation amen thank you Lord thank you Jesus so any places are celestial let me find out what's going on and then I'll be back after this thank you Lord Hello again and welcome to the Master's Voice. I'm Celestial and you are welcome to this channel. To old and new subscribers alike, you are very welcome. I have what I hope will be a very brief message from the Lord, with the Lord just directing me to bring back to the understanding of all who hear these prophetic messages that these are the words of the Lord, that these are the messages that I have been entrusted with, by the hand of the Lord, at his selection, at his divine instruction. And I bring them forth as God has given them to me. And the Lord wants me to bring to remembrance several things. One of them is that America will be destroyed by war, first a civil war, 
and then by invasion, that this nation will tear herself on the inside because of dichotomy that is extreme difference between one side and the other side. You might say left and right, but that is not that is not the only type of um, disagreement or separation. Dichotomy is where you have two parts or something or, or more parts that cannot be reconciled. So America will fall to pieces because even though she is one whole nation, the Lord is saying that the pieces of the puzzles that make the United States will become irreconcilable. So just like these marriages that are eventually dissolved and they end in divorce because the two parties, the, the same two parties that agreed to have a covenant, the same two parties that agreed to get married can no longer find common ground. They can no longer remember or they no longer want to hold true to the very reasons that brought them together Therefore, they separate, they tear apart until finally the marriage is seen as irreconcilable. America will fall apart because she will not be able to reconcile her various parts, her various sections, parents and children, governments and people, citizens and citizen structures, um, uh, the different races, the different ethnic backgrounds that live here, the different political ideologies, the different mindsets and viewpoints, the different um, personal beliefs that different sections of the population hold, it will become impossible for the melting pot to stay melted anymore and there will come separation. And the evidence breakdown of the sever separation will eventually be civil war. And uh, in, in following that prophecy, something that the Lord has been bringing on my heart for the last few days, it's just this one word, conscription, conscription. So conscription is the act of forcing people to join the armed forces. Conscription is the act of forcing people to join the military, requiring people who do not or may not want to join the fighting forces of a country to join the fighting forces and to um, to participate. So usually conscription uh, in times of, takes place only in times of war, in times of desperation, then people are forcibly made to join the army. And that word was coming. And then the Lord said that conscription will be forced in the United States. And there will be forced registration for the army of all ages, over the age of 16 years old. So when this message was coming, it was confusing to my spirit, and I kept asking the Lord, Lord, do you mean at 16 years old? And he would say over, and then I would think, it, does this include? And he finally said, it will be legal to take 17-year-olds into the army. So you're supposed to be 18, year old, 18 years old, before you can register to join any branch of the United States Army. But the Lord says that they will conscript and force registration of people to fight in the Army over the age of 16. So if you're 16, 16 and a quarter, 16 and a half, you won't be forced. But that 17 gap year where you're supposed to be free of that, it will be legal for 17-year-olds to be made to fight in the U.S. Army. And the Lord says that women will also be mobilized in the United States, all of legal age who meet the criteria. 
So the Lord did not tell me what the criteria is or the criteria will be for women, if it will be a height criteria, if it will be only an age criteria or something. But one thing I do know is that when I was on my break, I had a very strange dream. And in that dream, which I, I have not yet put on the blog or made into a video, in that dream, I was in the army and I had served six tours, which is just unbelievable in itself. But I was in the army and I had already done six tours in an exhausting war that destroyed America. America was basically just mud. It was just literally when the ground is so messed up that it seems that everywhere you go is just either barrenness or mud. And there were checkpoints all over this country. In that dream, I had, I had finished my tours, and I was not signing up for a seventh. I had done six tours, so I thought, but it actually turns out that I had done more tours, and I didn't have full memory of everything that I had done. And part of that is because I had been given substances that made me as a female very much able to fight. So I've spoken in 2022 that the Lord says that he called them the children of the army because to God, it doesn't matter if you're six foot nine and you're 212 pounds of pure muscle, everything created on earth that is human is simply God's child. You're just a child to him. He's seen you even as an embryo. So you can never be a full man or woman in front of God. And uh, I had been given substances that made me extremely adept at warfare. And uh, in this dream I had done, in my mind, I had done six tours. But in reality, I had a very high rank and I had done more and six tours, and I was tired, and I decided not to sign up, and so I was making my journey back home. One one person in the group, we were three, it was me and two men. One person in the group was a man who had been in my division who knew more about the terms of my service than I myself because my memory was not what it should be, and another was another man that we just met up with on the way, and we were traveling in a group. We had to go through so many checkpoints in that dream. So that was just something that came to my mind when the Lord was also saying that women will be made to serve in the American military. Another thing the Lord brought back, this is something that I dealt with all the way at the top of the year in 2021, is that the Muslim presence in the United States will greatly increase and that uh, Muslim power will be a very visible and ruling and powerful power and that this country will have integrated into the legal system Sharia law, which is the law that says that, you know, um, practicing Christianity can be met with death and also um, stealing and other such things that people do, it can result in having a body parts chopped off. And I shared a long ago dream in which I saw that um, I think Michigan was the state where Sharia law had been fully implemented. And I said I was so stunned because in, instead of people running away from that state, they lived in Michigan still, American. They lived under that law, and uh, they didn't run away. They lived there, and they complied with it. And this blew my mind in the dream that God was showing me because people did not resist that law. It was part of the normal law. 
And another thing that the Lord was bringing um, up again is he told me to say again that on this channel that the judgment of death has been put upon certain people for the sins that they have committed. And you have to understand when the Lord Jesus Christ is speaking about the judgment of death, the Lord is, the Bible says that the Lord does not take pleasure in the death of any sinner. Because when, when human beings are listening to spiritual things and listening with a carnal ear, which is just an earthly ear, then what they tend to do is they want to question the judgment of God. And they actually do not know that they are questioning the Lordship of God himself. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. So you got the idea of the judgment that the Lord has spoken through our sister Celestia, my brother and sister. So it's coming. It's, it's all closed. It's been prophesied. Sister Barbara and many others had the Lord reveal to them what is coming in that hallelujah. It's for us to be ready with the Lord. Amen. Daniel 12 says that at that time, Michael, thy great prince, was standing for the children of thy people. Michael is an archangel, my brother and sister. And it's mentioned in um, Daniel 10, 13, that the, but the prince, the king of Persia, uh, will help me. And, and tw for 20 days, the Lord Michael, thy great chief prince, came to help me and remain there with the king of Persia. So we see that. And when it has to do with the enemy coming against uh, uh, God's people, God anointed one, Michael has been involved in, in detaining the enemy. And then Daniel 10:21, but I will show thee, which is known as a scripture of truth, that is none that hold it with me in these things, but Michael, your prince, that's Daniel 10:21, and then Daniel 21, the great prince. And then Jude 1, 9, yeah, Michael, the archangel. So here we are told he's an archangel. We're contending with the devil, disputing about the body of Moses. Thank you, Lord. Um, they are not to bring against him a rolling accusation, but the, the Lord rebuked thee. So I believe he is also talking about the time of the end. Okay? My brother and sister, so... Um, Michael, I believe knowing that this will be for the end, is waiting for the end until he can fulfill this. Uh, a, a man of God shared a vision, a revelation a long time ago, I remember, about Michael. He said he's, he saw Michael in heaven. The Lord showed him Michael in heaven. He was walking to and fro, back and forward, back and forward. And he said that Michael was think, thinking of the day at the final day when he's going to confront the devil and stop him in his track and then bow him for a thousand years. The Lord showed him that Michael will be in charge of that, my brother and sister, which I thought it was very powerful what God showed him. Amen. What time the God says, what will be happening when this happens? When Nehemiah 9.24, therefore, thou deliver them into the hand of the enemy, who vest them, and it's a time of trouble. My brother insisted. Hallelujah. I was thinking of one verse, okay? I was thinking of one verse. Uh, 
where it says that he will not let his Satan see correction. Correction. My brother insisted. And and I was thinking of that verse earlier as I was working, I was cutting uh, grass outside. I was thinking that the Bible said, will not let the saints in corruption. Okay? And and I, he was talking about Jesus, yes, but he was talking about the church because the great tribulation is a time of corruption. It's a time of evil. It's a time when it will be the worst that anyone has seen. And so that tells me that the church is not going to stay in the great tribulations. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. So, not seeing corruption for the church, it means uh, the church will not stay in the great tribulation. My brother insisted. It's not for the church to stay in the great tribulation. We we will not. Uh, we're not appointed to rout. Okay. My brother insisted. We're not appointed for judgment. Okay. My brother insisted. We are appointed uh, for salvation, is what the Bible says. Thank you, Lord. So his saints, uh, Nazi and corruption, it, it, it tells us that we are chosen. For salvation, not for destruction. Hallelujah. That's in correction. Thank you, Lord. Looking for that verse right now quickly. Remember, it's Bible study today. Thank you, Lord. And the verse came to mind, and I'm thinking, you know what? I got to find this verse and share it because this verse, I believe, is so important. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Yeshua. Thank you, mighty God. Praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. It, I know it's in the, it's from the Old Testament, okay, but it's also in the New, and I'm looking for it. I do not want to overpass this. Okay, that's Acts 27. For thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thy holy one to seek corruption. Amen. Thank you, Lord. So, corruption again is either hell or how bad the great tribulation is going to be because the great tribulation is going to be like hell. Amen. That verse is also in the Old Testament. Hallelujah. In Jonah 2, 6, I went down to the bottom of the mountain. The earth where her, her bar was about me forever. Yeah, that brought me my life from corruption. Oh, Lord, my God. And again, can the vaccinated uses these verses uh, as, as what they're going through? And the, the, the Yes. If they believe in God and they're repenting and they're really seeking God, this can be used because he will not leave my soul in hell, he says. 
Amen. In which I, it points clearly that their souls are in hell. Amen. And then in the flesh, Acts 31, David foresee and he spoke concerning the resurrection of Christ, that his soul would not leave it left in hell, neither did his flesh see corruption. Okay? His flesh did not see corruption. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. And then Psalm 49.9, but they shall still live forever in Nazi corruption. Okay? I believe it's applying to the saints here, the church. Church is not appointed to rob, it's not appointed to great revelation. And then Psalm 16.10, for thou will not leave my soul in hell, neither will thou suffer thy holy one to seek corruption. The church is it's the same as the holy one because the church is it's um, cleansed by the blood of Jesus that cleanses us from all unrighteousness. Amen. So this, this applies to the same, to the believer, my brother and sister. Amen. So there should be a time of trouble. Uh, it was revealed to Daniel, such as as it was never since there was a nation, even to the same time at that time that people should be delivered. Okay. So right here, I believe it's talking about the church. Nazi, his because it's talking about Israel here, his people being delivered during the Great Tribulation. Israel being delivered during the Great Tribulation. My brother insisted, but it doesn't mention the church staying behind. Amen. But in Nehemiah also says, uh, therefore deliver them into the hand of the enemy, which they will go through, who vest them in the time of their trouble, when they cry unto thee. And he is the key. Will the nation cry unto God? Okay? He wants them to cry to them now, not wait. But again, God knows when they're going to cry out to him. And they're going to do that cry during the great tribulation. So right now, people should be repenting, should be seeking God, should be getting, should be getting ready to go home in the rapture, departure of the bride of Christ. Because whoever stays behind now for seven years, We'll have to cry out. We'll really have to cry out to be delivered. My brother and sister, so it's going to be very, very difficult. My brother and sister, amen, very, very difficult. Uh, Job 38, 23, which I have reserved against the time of trouble. And folks, to understand this better, let me go to verse 20. Okay. Verse 20. Uh, verse 20. Thank you, Lord, because I remember this verse. 22. Has thou entered into the treasure of the house of snow, or thou hast in the treasure of the house of hail? Okay. And why do I talk about hail? Because the Lord revealed this to someone, one of his servants, that they are hailstone up in the deep heaven. And God revealed to this person that these stones are coming down like hail to the earth and pieces everywhere during the great revelations. And they will, they, they're going to bring great destruction upon the earth, United States and the earth. So whoever whoever is behind and during those seven years will have to live under that hailstone coming down to the earth, pieces of, of stone coming everywhere 
destroying buildings, destroying houses, contaminating the rivers, the water, the lakes, everything. It's just total damage everywhere. Someone, not even long ago, saw it com- coming over Canada. Canada, I was surprised. person was saying so this. And one time I had a dream from the Lord. So a, a large stone headed into Canada. And it hit on north of Canada. It created such a great tsunami over Canada that it, it, it completely covered, covered the land. Completely covered the land over Canada. And I knew this was over Canada. And I knew it covered the whole land of Canada. And then the Lord had confirmed it to other people, to great salvation, seeing this massive stone heading over Canada, destroying so much over Canada. And you know that Canada is so close to the United States. Whatever major destruction Canada gets, it's going to hit part of the United States. Our north, you got Indiana. You have um, other states that, that may borders with um, Canada. Maine, I'm trying to think of the state right now, the main border with Canada, but they, they're going to be destroyed. They're going to receive so much destruction, my brother insisted, from the destruction that Canada is going to get. Amen. So here, when we talk about judgment, we're not only talking about United States. We're talking about every single other state, every single other nation are going to get a piece, a piece of the action, as I would say. Destruction is coming their way. What God is asking us is to seek Him, repent daily, be in union, communion with Him, because destruction is coming. My brother, no matter what people are in the earth, Minnesota, border with Canada, there's so many states that border with Canada, so destruction, they're going to get a piece of the destruction also. And then you got so much coming up here, that major earthquake hitting in California, and God says to me one time, it's going to be felt all over the country, all the way to Maine. So, you know, you you want to be where God wants you to be. And it's a cure, obedient, obedient. Obedient with him, which is better than sacrifice. Right where he wants you to be, you need to be. My brother and sister, very, very important. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise to God. And I love this part that David says in Psalm 49.9, that they shall still live forever and not see corruption. And what is that? That's the glorified body. In your glorified body, in my glorified body that the Lord is coming to, in the three days of darkness, to do over the bright of Christ. We are not going to see corruption. It will not be possible for us to experience corruption in a glorified body. And that's what was shown to me this, this past week in heaven. When when I didn't share this on my message on Sunday, I meant to share it. But tonight, God's giving me the opportunity to share. And thank you, Lord. Brother Tony was over the, the house today, and I shared this with him. And I said, Brother, look, God showed me this redeem in heaven. And this redeem, I, was, I looked close to this redeem who's been in heaven for a while. And... and Remember when Jesus said about the woman that married this different husband, and they asked the Lord, which of them in the resurrection, which will be her husband? And the Lord said that it's not like that in heaven. They will be like the angels in heaven. I believe that's somewhere in Matthew. Okay? My brother and sister, thank you, Lord. All these verses come to my mind right at the, uh, thank you, Lord, right at the last minute. 
Praise your God. But again, what the Lord, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. And then we know we see Revelation two eighteen, eighteen, four, and all that calling the angel the, the pastor of the church. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I believe he's a like unto the angel. Praise you out of heaven. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, God. Some way, Matthew. I know that. So, what, I, what I'm saying is that she looked like an angel. Her skin, I was able to look close to her skin. Angelic skin. That's the glorified body the Lord wanted me to see. And I pay attention and I look very close. God allowed me to see very close to the skin of this angel. Redeem, I'm sorry. That it was just like an angel I seen before in heaven. Just the same. No different. And so when Jesus said that this woman who had married these different men, it will be like the angel married. There's no, no Mary or getting married in heaven. Is what the Lord was saying. It will be like the angel. So there's no marriage in heaven. It doesn't mean that couples don't stay together. They're of the Lord. It's a marriage. It's of the Lord. If it's done in the Lord and obedient in heaven, they, but it's not the same like down here. Because there's no sex in heaven, in another word. Amen. Only on the earth. That's why God is giving us a new earth. And in the new earth, you'll be able to marry and have children like in the millennium. You can have children in heaven, but you can have children on the new earth. And that's why God's giving us the new earth where he told Adam and Eve, be fruitful and multiply. That's our children. Amen. So that's why I've seen the Lord and the Holy Spirit marrying people in the millennium. Because on the new earth, you will be able to be married. Amen. God will give you your partner. And that's what's coming ahead, my brother and sister. Not far, far out for, because the millennium is already there. It already has been made. Thank you, Lord. It's just everything, the, the wedding preparation is practically done. The church is the only thing that needs to come home to the wedding celebration. And then after that, we know that at the end of the seven year, we're coming that, down as a soldier of Christ with the Lord to fight. The fight is going to be done quickly. Because the new earth, the Lord's going to bring us quickly to the new earth. Those that are going there and then those, you know, that will stay in heaven will stay in heaven. My brother and sister, amen. Thank you, Lord. So which I have reserved against the time of trouble, God says in Job 38:23, which I, again, thou art entered into the, the treasure of the house of snow, or how thou seen the treasure of the house of hail which I have reserved in the time of trouble against the day of battle and word. Word, battle. Now, here's the thing. When is the day of battle and word? You see that it will not only, the weapon will not only be swords, fighting swords, or not just fighting. God's going to use, God is going to use hail against the other army. They're going to come with hypersonic missiles. Russia China and all these countries are going to come against Israel with hypersonic missiles. Everything they have. Nuclear weapon, Everything. But God had already in the cloud hail stones ready that are coming down faster than any hypersonic missile who when the Lord released them are going to destroy their weapons, their ships, their, their, their planes. Their, anything, their tanks, anything they have will be destroyed. 
my brother and my sister, I, t- I share with the people, look what's happening in the last day. Look at the rise of Russia. Right now, Russia, every day of the day, every day of the year, 23, 22, 21, now in 22, they're contrasting, they're making, bringing together thousands of new military base, Central America, all over the world, okay? All over the, 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 the nations that are joining Russia, China, and them. And more um, ships, submarines, new carriers, planes. That they, 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 I'm, I'm new to. I can see in a, one of the YouTube channel. Every time they make something, they release it up there. I'm, I'm signed up to one of them, and I can see when I open my YouTube the new planes that they're making, the new new stuff that they're making beyond what any other nation has right now. And they're making this stuff with AI. AI. Now, they have trained for years, and they ask AI to come up with new ideas. And then they, they'll go go on, and, and a, so some of the AI warehouses that they have, nobody has it this way. They are being run 100% by AI. Not a single human being participate in what the AIs are doing. They made it this way so AI can go beyond, beyond, beyond. Okay? My brother insisted. Yes, Facebook is using AI to block anything about Jesus, even YouTube. Now, when, when I go ahead and I load a, a video on YouTube with a, any Christian title, in a few minutes after, it's blocked. They, they, they don't want my video to go on YouTube, especially talking about this stuff that I've been talking about in the Lord Tower, they'll block it right away. And I'm sorry because there's been people asking me, but be, please put video on, on YouTube so we can follow your message. Well, um, right now they're, they're using AI, my brother and sister, and it's okay. They can go ahead. They, can, they, they don't want the Lord. They don't want the church. They don't want Christian. They don't want us. God knew it was going to get to this point because it got to this level in the times of Noah and the times of Lot. And Jesus said that in the coming of the Son of Man, it will be like the, in the days of Noah and the days of Lot. And they didn't, that's it. Noah will have to get in the ark with his family. They made fun of Noah. They got to the level where Noah making the ark with his family, um, these people um, did not take him serious, did not listen. They made fun. They marked him. And the church is at that level right now. They don't want nothing to do with the Bible. They want everything with the Bible. As the Lord showed me, the days are coming where they're going to burn the Bible. They're going to remove it, you know. And the government has already implementing Muir's idea on keeping everything about God's people out of the system, out of the Internet, and so much more. You know, they are a certain level where they have taken it with certain people where they had uh, suspended their account out of the internet. Suspended their account. They cannot have internet service. They cannot have YouTube page. None of that. None of that. They can totally not use their internet at home. Certain people. They they're blocking the Christian. They're blocking the church. They get into the level where they don't want to hear what the church are saying. They're going to block their people's message. And well. We're getting close to that as they are grading the AI. More and more 
every day. My brother and sister. And the reason is because they're finding out that Russia, where AI have made such an excellent planes, like drones, missiles, they have made all those with AI. And the United States and this country have found out how Russia is making them 20, 30 years ahead of anybody. And then they're saying, we have not used AI to make weapons. We have used our engineers and science. And these AI are, I, I heard a, they, they were comparing the intelligence of these AI to human. And, and in one of them is 220 years ahead of human. And compared to what that the AI can make in technology. So this is why Russia, those Russian missiles are so, such ahead of any other nations because our nation has been using scientists while they've been using AI. And these AIs are so far ahead. Marvelous sisters. So now they're trying to cut up with ChatGPT. I told you months ago here in the Lord Tower that Siri, Google, and all of them, they, they, they go, they're junk. They're garbage. These AI on our phones are garbage compared with what Russia has. The Russia released in the 2017 car that they made that has an AI, an AI speaker that you can talk to your car. This guy made a video about it on YouTube. You can look it up. You can look it up. In the 2017, this Russian company put an, an AI in the car that you can talk to and search the internet just for your voice you can call it in from your house. You can have your TV on and all that. And the AI doesn't get confused as your voice knows exactly who's speaking to the AI, even if other people are talking to you. If you're doing that with Google, then they immediately get all confused. Not with the one in Russia. This guy says it's, it's, it's years ahead of what the garbage we have here. The guy's made a video line. I watched the videos. I was like, wow, wow. It's true. It's so we're so far behind. So they they are upgrading Shah GPT just to get caught up with it. My brother insisted. Just to get caught up with, with in they're gonna have to get to Shah GPT three ten or twelve, twenty, one hundred to get caught up with the Russians one. Because they're so far ahead of these people. And then they're finding out now exactly what I was saying here, they were someone from the Pentagon were talking about it and saying from the Senate was saying, Wow, we're so far behind they just noticed they are my brother and sister, but again, you know, it, we know this is all for the last day. We know it's all coming for destruction. Falling under the men of AI. I was thinking about the men of AI. Uh, Joshua 7, when the children of Israel began to lose to the men of AI, I was thinking about who were these men of AI? And immediately came to mind Elon Musk. Elon Musk is one of the men of AI. Someone was telling me, do you know that Elon Musk is a fallen angel, Brother Elvin? I said, well, you know, I haven't asked the Lord. I haven't, something that I had not search of, you know, because I was thinking, who are these men of AI? And he's a fallen angel. He's one of the men of AI. They have already encountered God's people before. There's nothing new, okay? Nothing new under the sun. They just, it is when they manifest themselves, when they are able to come against God's people. As it was in the days of Noah and the days of Lot, will be in the coming of the Son of Man. So this is like a repetition of what they've done before. My brother insisted. Because who was Elon Musk in 2010 and before? You, you hardly never heard about him. He just showed up one day, and 
he's now the richest man on the earth or, or the richest man in the United States. And it tells you right there how they can take a person, take someone, and put it in a position, and then have them be the, the CEO uh, of this company, of SpaceX, the CEOs of Tesla, the CEOs of Solar, Solar City, or the owner of Solar City. And then he's opening companies everywhere. You know, it, it, just, it just, they do it like by coincidence, but it's no coincidence, it's all by plan. They plan this. It's all by plan. You know, they plan when they want things to be, and that's how they do it. And no one gets away with anything. Unless you are with the Lord, and then the Lord is with you for you to encounter, like, look at Joshua, man of God, and the children of Israel. In order for them to come through all those nations to the promised land, they have to fight all these nations and overcome them, defeat them and overcome them, just to be able to come to the promised land. It's not that they needed the richest of those nations to become more rich or riches, because God did not want the children of Israel to have anything from AI. Okay, and if God did not want them back then to have anything from AI, I'm sure today God doesn't want His church to have anything from AI, neither. Babylon says, "Think about it for a minute. Just think about it under the wisdom of the Lord. If God did not want the children of Israel to have anything from AI, not even that valuable Babylonian mantle that Achan found, you know." God did not want them to have anything from AI. There's AI right now everywhere all over the world. Should we have anything of AI ourselves? You see? My brother insisted. The danger is that, the time of danger is that we're coming in. It's very dangerous, and we need to keep our eyes open. My brother insisted. Hallelujah. Psalm 99, the Lord also will refuge for the oppressed, a refuge in time of trouble. Okay? God needs to be a refuge for his people practically always. But in the time of, of, of the oppressed, oppression, Marvel insisted, is caused by something demonic. Oppression, but when did this oppression comes to be more in the times of trouble? So we're entering a time of trouble where oppression can be felt everywhere. Am, am I? Who am I speaking to here? Who who disagree with me on this? I don't think anyone will disagree on what I'm saying right now, because there's there's a lot of oppression on the earth right now. Bible insisted. And that is an indication that the time of trouble, great tribulation, is about to begin. That's what that is. Okay? Now, I was saying to someone, because I saw this in the great tribulation, the church was, was, Jesus took the church home already by this time when he showed me this. And there's with this believer who was crying out to Jesus, a woman. The Lord showed me this woman. She was crying out to the Lord. She stayed in the Great Tribulation. 
And she was asking the Lord to send someone to speak to her. Lord, send me your messenger, your preacher, to speak to me, Lord. I need, I need to, to, to see your preacher, to hear your preacher. Speak your word to me. And what it is that there's no Bible in the Great Tribulation. And one year or two without the Bible, without the Word of God, without hearing the Word of God, without hearing a preacher. Right now you can turn the radio and look for a preacher on the AM station, on the FM station, on the Siri radio. You can find preacher. You can find worship. Try to do that in the Great Tribulation for those seven years. No preacher. No worship. No word at all, 100%. None. None. You can look for them. You won't find them. You will not find them anywhere. Anywhere in the United States, anywhere in Europe, anywhere, anywhere. You will not find the word of God anymore. Try in the great tribulation to go purchase a Bible. There's no Bible anywhere. They've all been burned. They've all been made disappear. My brother and sister. This is the time we're about to enter, in which God's going to take his people out. Yeah, there will be signs, three signs, three days of darkness, the church is out. Revival begins, shortly the church is out. I think nothing else will come. Marvel interested. Psalm 10.1, why stand thou afar off, O Lord? Why hast thou thyself in the time of trouble? What, what, is, what is David saying here? That in the time of trouble, okay, this, this, where's God, people will say. Where is God? Why standest thou afar off, O Lord? Why hidest thou thy face in time of trouble? He says, where is God, people say. Okay, people are crying out for God. The Holy Spirit is not around anymore. His presence is not felt anymore like it is now. None, none of God anymore. And people say, you know, like God is hiding. And why the hell does hide thyself in the time of trouble? Because he, that's exactly what's going to happen. My brother insisted. Thank you, Lord. Psalm 27, 5. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in a pebble in the secret place. And his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall send me upon a rock. What is that? The Rochford, the church in heaven. David said, this is what's going to happen. Hallelujah. I saw, um, I think there's a movie called Pavilion. I got to look it up. Thank you, Lord. It's like a place of protection, like a place of refuge, like a tent. Thank you, Lord. I look it up now online. Okay, a shelter. Okay, so David says, all right, that this is what's going to happen with the church. In the time of trouble, he he will hide me in a shelter, in a secret place, in his tabernacle. That's what his tabernacle right now is in heaven. In heaven, specifically, his tabernacle is in heaven. Right now, remember the tabernacle that God had Moses built in the wilderness? That tabernacle is in heaven. Okay? The church is going to that place. Where the children of Israel in the wilderness used to go to, okay, in the tabernacle to the presence of God, to speak with God. In heaven, this tabernacle, when the church goes, God is bringing her to the tabernacle. 
that was on earth and now is in heaven in the presence of God in the that pavilion in the secret place of the tabernacle shall he hide me he should set me upon a rock the rock is Jesus Christ and, and it what a coincidence this is that the, the place of refuge that the Lord showed me two or three times now or more is like upon a rock well it is upon a rock and look it's in the Bible there are things the Lord has shown me that I have to look it up, but it's in the Bible. But here it is. Shall be set, he shall set me upon a rock. It's upon a rock. I saw it in heaven. You know, and I wonder why is it, why is it upon a rock? But well, he is in the Bible. Everything about this life, Jesus said, the life to come in heaven is in the Bible. Everything. And if we search it out, asking the Lord to reveal it to us, just show us. My brother and sister. So it's in, it's in heaven upon a rock. His tabernacle is in heaven. So this only alone will tell us that we're going to heaven in the rest of the pasture. That's exactly where we're going, to the tabernacle of the Lord. So those that don't believe that the church is going to heaven don't understand the Bible, have not asked the Lord to reveal it to them. Because here in this one verse, Psalm 27, 5 tells you, for in the time of trouble, she will hide me in his pavilion. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Psalm 37, 39. But the salvation of the righteous is in the Lord. And the strength is in the, in, in their strength is in the time of trouble. And the Lord, I says, the sister Shirley this week, I meant to download that audio. Maple insisted. This is exactly what he's going to give us strength. I believe Sister Celestia said it too. The Lord said that he's going to give us strength. In this timing, a trouble, in this timing when these things are happening, he's going to give us strength. He's going to strengthen his people. And actually the, the glorified body is supernatural strength for us. My brother and sister, God knows that we need supernatural strength from him. Because that's how difficult things are. That's how difficult things are getting. And we need to, excuse me, thank you, Lord, be ready for it. God's going to make sure that we're ready for the worst before the worst comes. Because the worst is going to come. Things are approaching quickly, and we need to be ready for it. Thank you, Lord. Psalm 41.1, Blessed is he that considered the poor. The Lord will deliver him in the time of trouble. Please consider the poor. First of all, consider God's people. We should be praying for them. And, of course, we can, whatever we can do for them, do it. Okay. And it's something that I talk to my family about. We need to be willing to help anyone in this time of trouble. And, and not be greedy with what we have, but always look forward to share with others. Because one thing is, our economy is about to fall. Doesn't have much to go. The Lord gave us the selection for this economy two years last year. Next year will be the two year up. I heard a similar prophecy. Two years, God said. 
in the show in Supernatural with Seth Rock, this brother also saw that there was nine years left. Nine years left, not for the economy to fall, but nine years before, um, I believe we're in the New Earth. Two years left is what he saw. And, and people can question and say, but no one knows of there now. Sure. Yeah, we stay by the word. You can say that. But a lot of times when you someone sees something in the spirit, you have to consider that. Don't ignore. Uh, there's a verse I looked up in the Bible, I found in the Bible the other day, about not ignoring the, the revelation of God's prophet, the prophecy. It was about prophecy, revelation. Not to be ignored, not to be taken for granted, which a lot of people do today. You won't believe today how much the the prophet are being ignored, are being taken for granted, not being taken serious. And I understand that with regard to dates and things like that, yes, we have to be careful, yes. No one, no man knows a day and hour, Jesus said in Matthew 24. But there are dreams and revelation that we have to take, we have to consider, if the word consider, meditate upon because I can go back and share with you some of the things the Lord showed me in time that came to pass already. Like, I was up in up north in Massachusetts, and the Lord showed me that the following years, there will be fire starting in the in the state. The whole town will be burned down quickly. And I remember I shared this with one of the elders, one of the brothers. And I guess he didn't believe it. He was like, he heard it, okay. You know, and, and you know, and I shared the dream what I had, and I shared that how he shared with me how one day he's coming, he's going to work, he's going to work, and the 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 town that he used to drive through burned down completely, and people got burned inside those buildings. It was all over the news. Okay, and he was shocked because it was exactly what I was telling him. He said, oh, his hair, his arms stood up in his body. He was really shaken by the Lord. And that confirmation alone, he was like, wow, Brother Elvis. That word was right on it. And I said, I didn't say, I saw it in the dream. And I knew it was of God. And I shared it with him, and he was like, wow. So there were many things I saw, like 9-11, that I saw coming to pass. I saw it in two weeks coming to pass, and I shared it also. And he was there also, and it came to pass exactly. I was saying the Tuesday of the 11th, Tuesday, was it the 5th? I, I can't remember now. It was a week before 9-11, or a week before that I was sharing a Bible study, and I saw it coming in a week, and attack on America. And he says it was impossible. He was a former soldier. He couldn't believe his nation can be attacked in the way it was attacked on 9-11. September 11, and when I shared that I saw an attack coming of America, he says, you got to be careful with those dreams you're having, Brother Elby, those revelations, because uh, America is such a powerful nation, it's not going to be attacked in that way. And I said, I don't know, but I saw playing, heading, hit, going to New York, and I shared, started from Boston. I saw the man getting in the plane in Boston, and he... You know, and then I share what happened, and and it, it happened. Nine Eleven happened, but he was, since being a former soldier, 
he couldn't believe this nation can be attacking the way I was showing the, the revelation. You know, and I saw the principality behind it. I told him that the principality, that principality was released to cause 9-11. He was a great principality. He was given the uniform and the star as a general to, uh, in the kingdom of Satan to cause 9-11. And I share it. I saw him. He was right there. I feel feet away from me when I saw him. He caused 9-11, which started in Boston. And if you if you go back to the 9-11, where, did it, where these men were in Boston? They took the plane in Boston. Marvel insisted. So, and I share this in the teaching in the church before it happens. And a week after it happens. Can you imagine? I, was, I remember I was working when one of my co-workers, 9-11, called me, Brother Elvie, Elvie, because I was preaching to him. I was leading him to the Lord, and I was back in the warehouse. He was up at the front office watching the television, watching the news. And he says, you got to come. You got to come. America is being attacked. And I what do you mean? And it was exactly what the Lord showed me that I had shared in a Bible study. My brother insisted. And he was like, wow, I, it's incredible. And then I remember one of my coworkers, he wanted to hear what, what else I had to say. Like, he would not leave me alone. As I, as I share, I share some of the stuff during that week with him. We were working together, and I share some of the things God had revealed me. And so at the 9-11, he would not leave me alone. He will come. Hey, you need to share what else God has shown you to you. I mean, I want to hear. I want to hear. He could not sleep. Okay, and I told him it was more important than than what could come as being ready with God, because a lot of people want to know what's going to happen next week, next month, July, September, November, December. Okay, let's say there's a earthquake program in heaven for this year. Powerful earthquake that will destroy a lot of our infrastructure, like electricity and all that. Is that really important? You may say yes, brother. It is. What about to God is more important that we're ready with Christ? You see, we think differently than what really, because God already had a clear judgment over the nation, over the world. The question is, are we already with him? That if it happens next week and God begins to destroy this country next week, are we already with him? You see? So knowing the day and hour is not important to God, for us. What is important is that we are ready with Christ, that when it does come, we don't suffer because many are going to lose their lives. That's the fact of the matter. Many people are going to lose their lives. The question is, are they ready to lose their life? Are they ready to die? My brother and sister, are they ready to die? Thank you, Lord. And the answer might be no. So why is it so important to know when the judgment is coming, if it's June, July, or September? Then be ready. So we actually, we do the opposite. God wants us to get right, and we're worried what's going to happen left of the, of the nations. No. He wants us to be right with him, get right with him. 
That's what's important, my brother and sister, that we're not wasting time, that we actually are getting ready. Thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. Isaiah 38, 17, Behold, for peace I have great bitterness, but thou hast in love for my soul deliver it from the pit of corruption. For thou hast cast all my sin behind thy back. Thank you, Lord. So what the prophet is saying here is that he is ready with God in the God had thrown his sin behind his back. For God not to, God doesn't look to them. God doesn't remember them anymore. There's another one they throw them to the bottom of the sea. Hallelujah. So behold for peace. I had great bitterness. Which a lot of people are going to have great bitterness. You're going to see people so mad at God, angry of God when the judgment begins. Because things that are people hold so valuable, their home, their property, will be destroyed. And then they're thinking, you know, why did God give me this house if he was going to destroy it? They get bitter. They get angry. But it is that our property, our value should not be more important than our salvation with God. And that's what a lot of people have forgotten. They value their property more than their own salvation. And to God, that is foolish. I had great bitterness, but thou were in law for my soul delivered from the pain of corruption. And that's the purpose of God, to deliver us from hell. Deliver us from the great tribulation also. He doesn't want them of us to stay behind in the great tribulation. Why? Because if you think about it, no Holy Spirit, and you still have to repent and, and, and keep the word, the commandment, and the great tribulation, how are you going to do that? How? How? And that's the question. My brother and sister, that is the question. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Yeshua. God is going to keep people in the great tribulation. Okay? He's going to. But they have to suffer. Because they, they those that should have gone home with the Lord and stay behind, because they're picking, they're choosing the world more than the Lord, and they stay behind, they will have to suffer, my brother and sister. It's just the way it's going to be. Proverbs twenty five nineteen, Confidence in unfaithful men in time of trouble is like a broken tooth and a foot out of the joint. Oh, man. King Solomon, hallelujah, truly received wisdom from God. Okay? This is a real lot of broken tool in the Great Tribulation, first of all, because of all the things that are coming. No toothpaste, no toothbrush in the Great Tribulation. So the, the tooth of people are going to decay. Okay, They're going to become weak. Toothpaste makes your teeth stronger and protects your teeth from the food that you eat. People will eat in rotten food. We're not washing, brushing their teeth in the Great Tribulation. It will make their teeth more brittle. And they're going to break. They'll be very broken too. And so compared to comforting an unfaithful man in time of trouble, 
okay? It's like a broken tooth. These people that are that are trusting in the Antichrist, men of sin, in our system and politician and governor and presidents, in the time of trouble, they'll be like broken tooth. But in reality, there will be a lot of broken tooth in the Great Tribulation. Okay? And a foot out of the joint. Okay? And that's, that's painful. A foot out of the joint is painful. It's foot a joint in order to work together, for, for the bones and muscle to work together. And when they're out of the joint, you can't walk no more. Your limit of what you can do. You have to have a wheelchair. Well, here's the thing. There will be no wheelchair in the Great Tribulation. You either will have to drag yourself or someone has to carry you. But people are so afraid that they're not going to stop to carry you. I saw people in the floor, like handicapped, for example, broken through in the Great Tribulation. Many of them in the Great Tribulation, because these demons are bad and they do it. They break people's food. And no one cares to carry them. I saw people walking right by and not even stopping to help. And they were, help me, please, help me, please. No one cares. No one cares. And this is for seven years. Okay? That you may think, oh, seven years, not that long. Well, if you have to go through the worst every day, it's like seven years. A week will feel like seven years. So think about it. It's going to be the worst time ever, like Jesus said. My brother and sister, thank you, Lord. Here's the important thing. Everyone who should be found written in the book is that our name is written in the book of life. That's important. That's salvation. If you're saved by Christ, if we see the Lord as your Lord and Savior, your name is written in the book of life. That's the fact of being saved. That's the fact of being secured in Christ. Okay, as long as you're seeking the Lord, repenting every day, coming close to Him, and your name is still there, my Lord, my God, nothing, nothing really can can remove you from there. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. God has a great plan for us. God is going to deliver us, my brother and sister, because he loves us so much. Isaiah 33, 2. Oh, Lord, be gracious unto us. We have waited for thee. Be, be thou the arm every morning. Our salvation also in the time of trouble. Only the Lord can save us. You got you to gotta have this written in your heart. And in your life, my brother insisted. I see people when they go to heaven, they come to the great knowledge of knowing who Jesus is. Jesus is God Almighty. And they love him and respect him for who he is. But down on this earth, there is so, mis- so much misunderstanding. A lot of people see Jesus as the Messiah of the Jewish people only. When he is the Messiah of the world, when he went to the cross, he died for all. Not just for the Jewish people. My brother and sister. So in any time and every time, God can deliver us from from evil. And he is the one that you want to call and come to in the time of trouble, in the time of evil. If you find yourself in time of trouble or evil, whatever situation you, I was telling Brother Tony, whatever situation you find yourself, pray to the Lord, no matter what. And if you love to do that, if you love... If you depend on Jesus and whatever you're going through, you will have a victory no matter, no matter what is going on. Because he'll be there for you. And that's what people need to learn and understand. 
Because some people only pray in a certain time, when they go into a certain thing. When everything is good, they don't pray. When everything is going well for them, they don't pray. And that's not the Christian life. That's not how God wants us to live. We're supposed to pray always. Okay? The Apostle Paul said to the church, pray without ceasing. Because the Apostle Paul says in his letter, he never ceased to pray for his brothers and sisters. He says, I never cease to pray for you. He wrote to the churches. So he prayed without ceasing. Why did Paul pray so much? The question is, why did Paul then was so uh, such a powerful man of God, so influential in the church? He led so many, so many people to Christ. And no matter how much the king, the people, the nation rise against the apostle Paul to kill him, to end up his life, they could not end up his life. Even when they set an army against him, they could not end up his life. Because the apostle Paul was a prayer warrior. He always prayed. He always went to the Lord. And whatever, he was in jail, he was in prayer. He was being, he was in handcuffs, we say. He was tied with rope and chain. He was praying, praying, praying. They were, they were transferring him from one nation to another, one city to another. He was in prayer. My brother and sister, whenever situation he found himself, he was praying, okay? He's not like many people today, but when they find themselves in difficult situations, they get mad at God, they don't pray. Oh, I'm not praying. How can God allow this this thing to happen to me? Am I am I not his child? And then begin to question God. Am I not his daughter? Am I not his son? How can he? Paul never had that attitude of ingratitude with God. Paul pray. And then Messiah Jesus, what did he teach us? The same. You know, he finished a day of miracle. Resurrection, resurrecting people from the dead. And the people would jump and celebrate the Messiah Jesus went through the multitude away to go into prayer with Father. People were still jumping up and down on the other side. And Jesus was on in the mountain somewhere secretly in prayer with Father. Interceding. Bible says he lived to intercede. My brother and sister, same attitude of gratitude. Jesus said, the Apostle Paul, he said he was, he was like Christ. He followed on his same step. My brother and sister, every time the disciples, you find them celebrating all the miracles, everything Jesus did with all the healing, and Jesus, they could not find Jesus at the end of the day. He was her father all night long in prayer. He didn't focus on the miracle. He didn't focus on the healing and the salvation of those people. He did what he was supposed to do. He led them to God. He healed them. He saved them. He, hallelujah, did what he, what he promised he would do in his Bible. And when they looked for him, they could not find him. Where's Jesus? Where's the Lord? He was just here. My brother insisted. By the time they noticed he was gone, he was been gone already, hours ago, in prayer with Father. And then they didn't know which way he went, where he was. He was on his knees somewhere, praying with Father all night long. What was the disciple and the rest of the people doing? 
looking for a place to sleep, looking for a, a, a place to lay down their head with a nice pillow for the night. My brother and sister, to sleep all night long, not Jesus, not Jesus. He was never looking for a nice place to sleep. He was looking for a place to pray. Prayer is more important than sleeping. Prayer is more important than all the things that we get busy with every day. My brother says, only if we can learn of him who is humble and meek, and we will find rest for ourselves. How, how much restless we are every day. And it's hard for us to find rest. The same reason is a lack of prayer. The lack of not trusting God is a lack of prayer. The, 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 the lack of not resting in the Lord and being worrying about things sinning is a lack of prayer, a lack of intercession. I have met people, a sister said to me, she heard me one time, the Lord had me pray eight hours, eight and a half hours, nine hours a day, I remember. And sister heard me and the Lord told her back in 2012, 2013. And she said, Brother Elvie, I want to pray those hours too. Say, go ahead. I mean, what's stopping you? Because she wasn't working. Place she was in Social Security, and so she could spend. She was sending her children to school. Then she would not see them for hours. She said, "I'm gonna go ahead. I think I can pray eight hours." She said, six hours at least." She began to pray six to eight hours. She got the biggest rest of her life. She was in total peace, in the presence of the Lord. Enjoyed nothing worry her anymore. Before she says she worry about this, worry about that. You see that all that worry about this and that is a lack of prayer. She says, oh, man. And I said, sister, I know exactly what you're feeling. I have felt that for years. As I spent an hour in prayer with the Lord. You don't worry about anything. You don't concern yourself with anything. When you are so concerned about everything, it's because you are lacking prayer. Spending time with God. People that are spending time with God are not worried about anything. My brother and sister, by spending time with God and his presence and peace and joy. And you'll find out that after you do that for years, my brother and sisters, you didn't miss anything. You had it all. Nothing. There's nothing else you could have done and worry. It would have brought you more worry if you didn't pray and just did what you worry about. People worry about going to college, go to university, getting a great job. And they go get that great job, they're still miserable. People that make great money, they're still miserable. People that buy expensive corn, they're still miserable. People that travel all over the world, they're still miserable. I was listening to a guy a couple of days ago. He travels all over the world. And what did he say? He said, misery, he says. Misery. He goes to all these different countries. He said, oh, I see a misery everywhere. No one is happy with what they have, the guy was saying. Hallelujah. No one is happy with what they have. And he traveled to Rome. He traveled to all these different countries. And he tells you. He tells you all the nations he goes to because he's able to. He has the money. He makes the money. And it's, he says, he feel more miserable. He thought he will have more joy meeting new people, 
going to different nations, traveling to different countries. He thought that, and he goes to, to Spencer Place. He stays in Spencer Hotels. He goes to a place that they got different servants. They bring him food. Another one gives him a massage or this and that. And he's still miserable. He says, my brother and sister, hallelujah. There's a lot of billionaires millionaire taking on their life. They put a rope on their stairway, on their uh, mansions, and they kill themselves. How is that possible? How can these billionaire and billionaire be so miserable to take on their own lives? My brother and sister, because the world, what God gives you, what Jesus gives you, what the Holy Spirit gives you, the world cannot give it to you. That's the fact of the matter. Only the Lord can give us joy and peace. That surpasses all understanding. And this is what's missing in people's life. That joy, that peace, that when, when God's presence is in your life very strong after many hours of prayer, you will get a joy and a peace. Hallelujah. My brother and sister, I'm sore and I'm hurt. And your life has a purpose in God. God's presence in your life will give you purpose. But when I say God's presence, you know, God's really strong presence and anointing with, it's like you have the mind of Christ. You'll hear his voice. He'll talk to you. You come so close to God that you, you'll think like God. Your mind is like Christ, in another word. My brother and sister, thank you, Lord. You'll hear his voice. Sister said, oh, I can hear the Lord so clear, brother. Exactly. That's what happened when, when I spent those hours, the Lord, in prayer. You hear his voice so clear, and then you know exactly what to do after. A lot of people say, brother, can you pray for me? And ask the Lord what is it that I'm supposed to do. That is what you're supposed to do. That's where God wants you to bring you to. When you don't have to ask anyone to pray for you. If someone has to pray for you, it's because you're not praying enough. That's the fact of the matter. You're not, you, you're not there where you need to be with the Lord. And the Lord wants you to be there. Remember Jesus saying to me, this brother always, Brother Albie, please go to the Lord for me. And I went to the Lord about it. And the Lord said, tell him for him to come to me, the Lord says. Okay? Because I was so busy doing this, doing that. I was learning all this stuff about online, controlling the program, adding program, doing this, doing that. And I was having a difficult time. And he was insisting on me. And the Lord said, tell him for him to come to me. Because the Lord knows that a lot of things are here that we need to learn. It can take time. My brother and sister, he gives us the time. But if you're not careful, it can take our prayer time. And that's what danger is about all this. If we're not careful, computer, all this stuff can take our prayer time. Sometimes we have to shut it off and go to prayer. Just do it. I put worship on my computer like I do. Okay? And just hear the worship and go into prayer. What the Lord, my brother and sister, we need, we need to hear what God has to say always. Thank you, Lord. You'll you learn this in heaven. In heaven, Jesus can be talking with anyone about anything. People will usually want to talk with him. But when Father wants to talk with Jesus, Jesus say, I have to go. My Father wants me to come and talk with him. Or my Father wants me now. Just say, I need to go. My father wants me now. 
Okay? And he goes. He let the person know, look, my father wants me now in heaven. And here goes with the father. That union and communion with father and the Lord is always there in the Holy Spirit. I see that in the throne of God. God, everything does it in union and communion. My brother and sister, thank you, Lord. The Lord, even on earth in his ministry, he had that communion with Father in union. My brother and sister. And so he teaches us by his own example to us. Okay? By his own example, how he's in communion and union. The Bible talks about the union and communion with the Holy Spirit. That we need to have. Jesus talked about it. Thank you, Lord. We need to have that communion, that union with the Holy Spirit. My brother and my sister. Jeremiah 2.27. Say unto a stock that thou art my father into a stone. Thou hast brought me forth. For they have turned their back unto me. And now they're, not their face, but in the time of trouble, they will say, arise and save us. See, they have trusted in, in, in other gods made a stone. We were talking today about the Statue of Liberty, where the Lord has shown people the Statue of Liberty is a principality. A lot of people don't know this. Statue of Liberty in New York is a principality. And the Lord has shown her in the Great Tribulation, right now she looks like a stone with her arm raised, but in the spiritual, she is a principality of demon. In the Great Tribulation, when the, when the Nephtalians are losing, they're coming to New York to try to take over New York, and you see her fighting against them, a brutal fight against them. And she said, New York is mine. These are my children, she says to the, to the other demon principality that try to take over New York. The Lord has shown this to people. Really, Sister Celestia has seen her, and other people in the dream, the Lord has shown her she is a great demon, and she defends New York. She said New York has been given to her, and she's going to fight for it in the Great Tribulation. My brother and sister. But she is a fallen one. And people look at that image, and they think so much of this uh, livery statue, my brother and sister. And it's a demon and principality. Hallelujah. Why did France give that to the United States? Because France was full of demon and principality for, for so many years. They reigned over that land. And by giving it to New York, will keep New York enslaved to them. My brother and sister, that's a fact of the matter in the history of the past. Thank you, Lord. Jeremiah 228. But where are the, thy God that thou hast made thee Thou have made thee, let them write if they can say thee in the time of trouble. For according to thy number and thy city and thy guts, O Judah. Notice how the children of Israel in the past felt in the same idolatry of these fallen gods. My brother insisted. And God says to them in the time of trouble, where is, where is thy God? Where is the one that you trusted? And that's basically the same question you were asking in New York. When the great tribulation began, where is that God? Bible and sister. Because only the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob fight for us and help us in the time of trouble and deliver us. But it's going to take people who have put their faith in other God, falling God, 
They're going to have to learn to the worst, my brother and sister. The worst is yet to come for them. Okay? And for us people, the best is yet to come. My brother and sister. Jeremiah 8, 15. We look for peace, but no good came. For a time of health, and behold trouble. And that's exactly what's going to happen. When people throw in idolatry, they're going to be expecting a better time, as they always say. But it's not going to come. It's only a time of trouble, great tribulation coming. But it's about to begin. My brother and sister, Jesus, when he was taking me to the great tribulation many times, he urged me to tell people about the great tribulation. Tell them what I have shown unto you. Because a lot of people were asleep and are still many asleep. And glad for those are being awakened and are getting ready to repentance with the Lord. Because only the Lord can awaken us from the death, from our sleep. My brother and sister, thank you, Lord. Jeremiah eleven twelve. Thou, then shall the city of Judah and inhabiting of Jerusalem to cry unto God, unto whom they offer incense. But they should not be saved, should not be saved them all in all the time of their trouble. There you go. Did you imagine the people today? They think that those gods that they speak in through CERN, or as they say, brother, we don't call it CERN. We don't have no CERN in America. Particle accelerator, they say. Well, it's all the same anyway. For me, it's all the same. All these CERNs that four are being built in Chicago. Four are being built in California. Two are already been built in New York. In in all these different states, they keep increasing the number. How many more they need to build? I don't know what they need to build. So many particle accelerators to talk to this demon principality on the other side. They're already talking with them. Why build so many? Because there's a purpose behind what they're doing. They want to transfer those demons from the other side. To their side. And they want to have that freedom. I read online. I researched online and I read online a company in New York. Well, here in the United States. That has surpassed Germany. In the technology of the particle accelerator. This company. In the research that they've done. They have found out a better technology now. Than the one that they were having trouble with. So this company now is the leaders, according to them, in making this particle millions of dollars accelerator to communicate with this demon. In other words, they, they, they have improved this technology now so much that now they don't have the problem that they were having before. What have the Lord been showing to his well, brothers and sisters? That they already are transferring demons through them. My brother and sister. They already are not just communicating, but they're doing other stuff. The only thing that these demons cannot come in the open yet, they're still hidden. Because I remember Father said that they are not going to be losing until the church is out of the way and the Great Tribulation begins. The Great Tribulation begins, then they'll be losing in the daytime. So those that don't believe in this stuff that we're talking about are going to be shocked and surprised what they're going to encounter with. The only thing is, I won't advise people to stay behind to see it, because then it will be horrible. 
I'm just going to say something to you. Those that are going to stay behind for seven years are not going to be able to sleep. Can you imagine seven years without being able to sleep? Well, that's what's coming on the world. That's what the Lord has shown me. Jeremiah 14a, all the hope of Israel, the Savior thereof in the time of trouble. Why shall thou be a stranger in the land and a wayfaring man that turneth aside to tarry for the night? The Lord is a stranger right now to the earth. You, you talk about Jesus and immediately all oh, these fanatics. They immediately rate you as a fanatic. You, you are a fanatic if you talk about Jesus. They're trusting in Satan. But if you talk about Jesus, you are a fanatic. Okay? My brother insisted. All the hope of Israel, the Savior of the land in the time of trouble. Our Lord, our Messiah, is the only Savior and is the only hope of humanity. If there is no hope in Him, there's no life and resurrection and escape. He's our only escape. Time is show. Why shall thou be a stranger in the land? That's a good question. Why is Jesus a stranger when by him all these things were made? Why is he a stranger when he made the heaven and the earth? Because that's what humanity has been led to in sin and disobedience. Not knowing their own maker, their own God. My brother and sister, Jeremiah 14, 19. Has thou early rejected Judah? Have the soul, Lord of Zion? Why have thou smitten us? There's no healing for us. We look for peace, and there's no good in the time of healing. Behold the trouble. This is Israel in the, in the great tribulation crying out to God, looking for God, looking to Messiah, looking for Messiah, looking for salvation. Bible insisted. It's going to take more than that. Jeremiah 37. Alas, for the day is great, so that none is like it, even in the time of, uh, time of Jacob's trouble. But he should be saved out, out of. I still wonder about Jacob. And who are those that represent Jacob? Who are the true children of Jacob? Because they have to receive Messiah as the Lord and Savior. They cannot claim not to believe in Messiah. Not to believe in Jesus. Because the ones coming is Jesus, Messiah. And in order for them to be saved by him, they have to receive him. There's no salvation but in the name of Jesus. He is the truth, the way, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. So the question is, my brother and sister, have they received the Lord? Well, there's a great number in Israel receiving the Lord now. Right now in Israel, they are more receiving the Lord than any part of the world, believe it or not. For years, People are coming to the Lord in Israel like in any part of the world. There's a radio station that leads over 300 people every week in Israel to the Lord. My brother and sister, there's not another nation that you can say that so many people are being led to the Lord. But there are people all over the world coming to Israel also. And they are being led to Messiah. Orthodox Jews are being led to Messiah. Why? Romans 11 all Israel shall be saved. My brother and sister, God said it would happen, and it's been happening. 
You know how people for the year criticize the Orthodox Jews for not believing in Messiah? All that is being changed, my brother and sister, every day in Israel, every week. My brother and sister. Because it's easier for them to believe in Messiah once they see it in the Torah, in the Bible. Once they can see him. Because remember, partially, Paul says, they have him made blind. A lot of people don't understand that blindness. My brother and sister. And the blindness is like this, an example, Jacob. When Jacob fought the angel of the Lord, when Jacob fought the angel of the Lord, it was in darkness. Jacob could not see anything at all. He was fighting Messiah. He was fighting Jesus. And he says, until thou blessest, blessest me, I will not let thee go, Jacob said. Jacob prayed. Jacob believed. Jacob claimed and declared. And he held on to Messiah all nine long until the breaking light. That's when the first the sun come up in the morning, my brother and sister. So in part, Jacob was blind. And Jacob came to the light of Messiah. When the sun came out, which is a type of Christ, in the morning, Jacob, at that very moment, that very moment, my brother and sister, had that encounter with Messiah, was able to see Messiah, was able to recognize Messiah, and was able to come to his peace. Shalom. Shalom was born in Jacob. In that encounter he had with Messiah, there was no shalom in the life of Jacob until he had that encounter with Messiah on his way back to the promised land. Marvelous sister. It's a type of the church of Christ going back home, but in the way we receive the Lord, we come to Messiah, we have an encounter with him, we are saved, and then we receive a shalom and peace. Jacob was changed and transformed. Jacob wrestled with the Lord. In his his rest, he came to rest in Messiah. My brother and sister, when Messiah blesses him, okay, your name will not be Jacob no more, but Israel. He says to Jacob, the sun comes out at that very moment. Once he saw Messiah, he lets him go. Because the sun comes out, it tells you, and the experience tells you what happened. And if you read what happened, don't ignore the sun coming out, the light breaking through. It was a revelation of Messiah into Jacob's life. At that very moment, he knew him as God. He was saved. My brother insisted. That same experience had to happen to every believer and to the children of Israel. You have to come to the knowledge of Jesus. He has to reveal himself in your heart, in your life. My brother insisted. For you to trust him, for you to believe him, and for you to receive a shalom. The wrestle that some people have today is because they have not come to the knowledge of Messiah. He had not revealed himself to them because they had not done what Jacob did yet. What happened to Jacob, to many of us it had happened, but not to all of us. Some are still not have that. They're wrestling, my brother and sister, but they are come to the knowledge. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. 
salvation. He's salvation. He's light. He's the light of the world. He he has the sun and the light in us. The sun of the day and the light in the darkness. He is all in us, my brothers and sisters. Thank you, Lord. Praise your God. Ezekiel 7, 7. The morning is come unto thee, and thou shalt dwell in the land. The time is come. Notice that Ezekiel 7, 7. Okay? Look how the prophet said, the morning is come unto thee. Okay? This is the morning. Thou wilt dwell in the land. The time is come. Time is here. The day of trap was near. That's what the church is standing today. And now the sounding again of the mountain. Because the sound is only one. The final shofar, the final trumpet is one and is the last. And it will not sound again. I hear people, oh, there's going to be this rapture, that other rapture. I'm sorry. But the final shofar is the final shofar. The, stop, the final trumpet, okay, is the final trumpet. And in this verse, which is clearly the rapture, the pasture of the bride of Christ, okay, the time has come. It's right exactly where we are today. The day of trump was near. When near the border, Jesus showed me the great tribulation. The world was practically in my faith and the spirit of the great tribulation. When it's right here, near. It's not the sounding again of the mountain. Because remember, they, they went to the high place. They sound the shofar for the people to come out to God. The last trumpet. That's the sound of shofar that is, is about to sound. It is not... It's not the sounding again in the mountains. When it's the final shofar, when it's the final trumpet, it doesn't sound more than once. More than one time. It sounds, you hear it, <coughs> you move, you're gone. One time. One time. None more. If you, it's whoever missed the trumpet that is about to be sound. We'll have to stay behind the great tribulation. And it's going to be mad. Mad. I saw people really angry of God. But we'll stay behind. Because they're going to expect that, you know, like a second sound, a second shofar. No. God has been talking to us about the final shofar. Okay? Let me go to the Bible and show you. It's a final one. My brother insisted. And once the sound, that's it. That is it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Verse 16, for the Lord, 1 Thessalonians 4, 16, for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, with the trumpet of God, and the dead shall rise first. Once the trumpet sound, the first thing that happens is the dead will rise first. The dead will rise first. Then this is how the apostle Paul the Christ after that. And all this happens instantly. Bible and sisters. That's why the children of Israel, 
before the last trumpet sound, they have to have their bag on their hand, their tents on their hand, ready to march. Everything they want to carry on the camel, on the donkey, it has to be on. Because this way, they will be they will be able to keep a life on the enemy. They cannot stay behind. Because it was a, it was a, a, they will have to march together to be protected by the enemy. So it is known from the Old Testament after the last shofar, the last trumpet in the new era. My brothers and sisters. So the first thing that happened is the dead in Christ shall be raised first. Okay? And since all this happens instantly, then we that are alive remain shall be cut off together with them in the cloud to meet the Lord in the air. Notice what this so far is going to cost. It's going to cost the dead to rise. It's going to cost us, as Paul said to the Corinthians, that we will be changed and we're going to be transformed. All this happens suddenly. Boom. You know, the only thing I see of the difference is that they are right first, then we, that, then we is the time of the revival, I believe. Because there, there's a then we. Paul said, then we that are remain alive, remain to be cut up together with them in the cloud to meet the Lord in the air. This is you will ever be with the Lord. So there is a then we. And I believe that then we, there's a time in between. There's a few weeks there, a couple weeks there, which I believe that's where the revival happens. The dead get risen first. Then since we are changing from form at the last trumpet, Paul says, there's a time that God gives us there, a very short time, though, very short, very short time, where my brother and sister, the Lord introduces the change. He'll change us. He'll use us in the revival, and then we go home as the Lord show me. Because I wanted more detail than Jesus show me that, that what happened in between we three days of darkness, he changes our body to glorify body. We go out to evangelize, I believe it was less than a month. And then all together, we, we were lifted up. And this is where I believe the Apostle Paul says that we'll meet, we'll meet the Lord in the cloud. This is when we meet them in the air, and then forever we'll be with the Lord. In another way, since it's the last shofar, the last trumpet, what God is going to do in that between time, it will be to give those that needs to be made ready the last opportunity. I believe that's the way it's going to happen, because the last time the Lord showed me this in that form of detail, this time Jesus was standing next to me, I remember. He has given me and other brothers and sisters the order to go evangelize. And we weren't an evangelist. We came back to the Lord and we gave the, we gave the Lord a report on it. And from there, the Lord said, all right, you may go home. You may enter your rest. And from there, we fly out. We took off. Like when Jesus took off from, from the disciples right in front of them. Jesus was standing there when we took off. My brother and sister. He, but it was when he gave us, okay, you may go home. When we finish our work. It's, this is the way he showed it to me. So this is the way I got to describe it to you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. So to Daniel was told in Daniel 9.25, Know therefore and understand what from the beginning for of the commandment, 
to restore Jerusalem to Messiah the Prince. There shall be seven weeks, there are three score of two weeks. Three score of two weeks. Three shall be built again. The street shall be built again. I believe this is the temple, but it's the street which should be built again. And the wall, even in the time of trouble. Let me verify this here, because I believe this should be the temple. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Jerusalem, the prince, hallelujah. All this happens in the, in the open space and more. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I believe some of the original translations says the temple will be built again. The city, the wicked city will be revealed with a courtyard, the moth. But in difficult times, some of these other Bibles says, thank you, Lord. It's always better to check with the Bibles. Jerusalem will be restored, rebuilt with the city square. The more during the time, a trap for this time. Amen. So Jerusalem will be revealed again. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Since the Lord is making everything new, it might be that it's during that time. Is when Jerusalem is, will be made again. It's something for us to, to find out in heaven. When we go to heaven, the bright, and we ask this question, then it will be told to us exactly to understand because the prophet gave us peace here and there. But the Lord gives us the, the, the entire map. So when we go to heaven, he'll give us more on this for sure. We don't know everything now. We get, we get in pieces. Amen. And... Um, He'll reveal it to us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. What an awesome God we serve. Hallelujah. Almighty God is a mighty God. Amen. Um, Psalm 6, 1 says, O Lord, rebuke me not in thy anger, neither chasten me on thy heart the pleasure. Basically, that's what's going to happen in the Great Revelation. People are going to rebuke in God's anger. And that's going to be difficult for people. Because when you look up in, in this anger of God, many things are going to happen. Like Psalm 9, 5, Thou hast rebuked the heathen. Thou hast destroyed the wicked. Thou hast blot out their name forever and ever. So notice how there's a blot out of their name, which their names are in the book of life. Some of the people that were even that are even after the last of the last days, they're gonna be blotted out, they're gonna be removed. My brother and sister. So a lot of people who name were there, I believe I heard a prophecy about this, are gonna be blotted out. This is why God's calling us to repenting and to be obedient because imagine someone name being blotted out. This life is temporary. The life that God is promising us is eternal life. This life will seem, in eternity, this life will seem to us like but a moment, for causes. But a moment. Like nothing compared to eternity. And people are so focused on this life that if they continue in sin and wickedness, they might stay behind and their name might be removed. They're, they are walking in, in dangerous ground, those that are still in sin and disobedience. 
like they cannot even imagine because then later on, if their name get blood out, they stay in the great tribulation and they end up in hell. In hell, demons are going to tell them, you have the chance of being with God for all eternity. And you were deceived. You chose this life. See, when people go to hell, they want to blame the demon. The demon said, no, 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 no. Wait a minute. Uh, yes, we tend to you. Yes, we gave you many offers. But you made the decision. It was your decision. What did Jesus said to me one time he brought me to hell a few months ago? Is they are the one making the decision. If you take the vaccine, it's your decision. The COVID-19 vaccine is your decision. Okay? If you go get the RFID in your right hand, it's your decision. If you get the mark of the beast, it's your decision. Don't go on blaming God later on and thinking after you get the mark of the beast, oh, no, now I want to serve God. Because, first of all, when someone go against the mark of the beast, there are six verses in Revelation, in the book of Revelation about the mark of the beast that I read here in the Lord's Tower. Specifically to that, whoever gets the mark of the beast will not overcome the second death. And what is the second death is about? The second death is about that those that overcome the second death will come to live with Christ to eternity in the new earth. My brother and sister. But those that will not overcome the second death will be thrown with Haiti hell into the lake of fire. They cannot be part anymore of the New Jerusalem. My brother and sister, six verses, look them up, about the, the mark of the beast. The people, when they make that decision, they're doomed. Their name will get blotted out. My brother and sister. And they'll get mad at God, but imagine. Hallelujah. Psalm eighteen fifteen. Then the channels of the water were seen. The foundation of the world were uncovered. I thy rebuke, O Lord. The blast of the breath of thy nostril. Look what's going to be happening during the seven-year great tribulation. That had only happened in the times of Noah. This only happened in the times of Noah. When the heavens were opened for the water to fall over the earth, and the water covered, the higher mountain on the earth was covered by the water. First time in all creation. My brother and sister, during the great tribulation, the channels of the water were seen. Those channels were only seen in the times of Noah. My brother and sister, and those channels, that, that they are so big and huge, that once they open, they bring utter Destruction, my brother and sister, out of destruction. In other words, anything on this way, like Jesus showed me, I was over in New Jersey, and I saw a 500 foot of water, seat water, coming. I was somewhere in the middle. I got family living in Garfield, New Jersey. You probably can look it up in the map. I believe that's like in the middle of New Jersey, Garfield, New Jersey. I was up. I was there. And I saw, I was there in the spirit, I saw 500 foot of water coming over New Jersey. 500 foot, I, I knew in the spirit exactly 
the length of the way coming to New York of water, 500 foot. And I'm looking at, and I see people trying to get away from that on their foot, running on the cart. I saw destroying buildings and homes. No one can escape that. And when the Lord had me look all the way up, I saw Jesus on top of that way of water. My brother and sister. And Jesus said to me from the top of the water, can they escape this? Jesus said to me. Can they? He looked at me with his eyes with flame of fire. Can they escape this? He says to me. And I knew they could not. I knew they could not escape. They tried. I saw people getting like under 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 fast car, thinking, "Oh, I can escape this." No, you can't. It's utter destruction. The channels of the water were seen. The foundation of the world were uncovered. Of thy rebuke, O Lord, the blast of the breath of thy nostril. My brothers and sisters, what is coming is nothing to take lightly, nothing to be in play with. It is the judgment of God that is coming. And if you can escape it, which is only in Christ, do so. Whosoever chooses not to, pray for them. If your family don't want to listen, if your family don't want to hear, if your family don't want Jesus, don't don't stay behind with them. Do what you have to do. Escape. I said we told to Lot in Sodom and Gomorrah. Oh, my wife, my daughters, the people, you know. Lot, take thy wife and the daughter, the angel says, and go up to the mountain. First of all, he should have been in the mountain with Abraham already. But he wanted the valley. He wanted to negotiate and make a lot of money. He wanted to be like Bill Gates. Have all the money in the world. So God, okay, allow you. Want to be a Bill Gates? Lot, you want to be a Bill Gates? Okay, go ahead. You want to be an Islam mask? mask? Go ahead. But there's a price, okay? Because the trust in money... Bible insisted is the great dangerous, is the root of all evil. And Lot was righteous. Lot was righteous. God, his name was still there in the book. Abraham was, he is the power of prayer. Here is the power of prayer. Abraham was still in the presence of the Lord. And the Lord kept this from Abraham. But there's nothing hidden that will not come to light. God shared his plan with his children. God doesn't do anything without revealing it first to his servant, the prophet, the Bible says. Abraham was a prophet. Abraham was a friend of God. In that very moment, God already has given the angel charge over destroying Sodom and Gomorrah, but charge to protect Lot and his family. And Abraham was still standing and Abraham can, in the spirit, discern the plan of God. My brother and sister. Because the spirit, Roman A says, searches the mind of God. At that very moment, hallelujah, 
Abraham was in his heart and mind was receiving an email from heaven, direct email. I believe that was the first email message into his spirit of what God was about doing on the earth. At that very moment, Abraham was still in the presence of the Lord and said, But thou, with you, destroy the righteous with the wicked. That's prayer, my brothers and sisters. It's such a great example to you and I on how to pray and how to intercede for people. Don't, Don't look at what they're doing bad. Look at what God can do for them. And God can do all things. To God, all things are possible. Start judging people for what you see them do. Pray for them and what you believe God can do for them. And that's how Abraham prayed. There was not a mention of Abraham saying, oh, these people are so wicked. Yeah, you should destroy them. You should just cut them off. No moment. Okay, did Abraham speak this way or thought this way before the Lord? Without the judge of all the, all the, all the universe, destroy the righteous with the wicked. Let that God not do such a thing, Abraham said. Abraham trusted in the Lord and in his righteousness, in his justice, that God is fair, that God is merciful, and that his mercy, as David said, endure forever. And if he doesn't have mercy, who can and who will? But only him, O oh Lord. It is his mercy that we need to learn to trust on him for. It is on his grace that we can pray and intercede for them that need our prayer, my brother and sister, that need to be in saved, that need to be in rescue and deliver from their own action. Abraham prayed for these people. Hallelujah. As he would want anyone to pray for him in the worst moment of life. Will thou destroy the righteous with the wicked? If there be 50 righteous in Sodom and Gomorrah, will thou destroy those 50 with the wicked? Let not the Lord be angry with me. If there be 40, will thou destroy the righteous with the wicked? Lord, be not be angry with me. If there be 30, it will be 20, it will be 10. Will thou destroy the righteous with the wicked? Let thou do not do such a thing. Abraham praying and intercede for them as they were the son, his own son and his own daughter. He interceded for the lost at the last moment of destruction. Hallelujah. Fire was coming from heaven to consume Sodom and Gomorrah. And Abraham at the last moment was still interceding for them. We're still asking God if there be ten, will thou destroy those ten with the wicked? My brother insisted, and there were actually only three. <clears throat> there was only one righteous in Sodom and Gomorrah, actually. Not even his daughter will come that as righteous, but only Lot. And the angel, because the Bible said, Receive the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou and your household shall be saved. God saved his daughter as he saved, as he saved Noah's family. Because it was only righteous was Noah, only righteous right now was Lot in Sodom and Gomorrah. 
So Sodom and Gomorrah has to be destroyed, and none can escape but only Lot and his family. And even his wife on the way would turn into a pillar. So, my brother and sister, God is not playing around. People are taking God too lightly. They're taking his commandment too lightly, and it's going to cost them their life. The Bible says that God will not be mocked, that everything men saw it, so he will reap. And humanity are sowing evil. They're sowing wickedness. They're sowing disobedience. They're mocking God every day with their action and their bad behavior. As the United States and the world continues to build more CERN, more particle accelerator, as they call it, they are mocking God. That's why this nation and many other nations will not escape the judgment of God. People believe that America can still be safe. In order for America to be unsafe, a president, a leader needs to come to Washington. And that leader must be a Christian. And my leader has to do as many other kings in Israel did. Destroy the idols in the high places, which are these particle accelerators. They must be destroyed to the ground, to pieces. In New York, in California, Chicago, and all these major cities, these particle accelerators must be destroyed. These communications with these demons must be stopped. Abortion law must be turned around. Gay marriage must be Abolish Bible system. Can anyone see that happening in, in the next election or any election to come in America and around the world? My brother and sister, America has dig a hole for themselves in which only Messiah can get them out, but they're not crying out to him. My brother and sister, these are difficult times like we've never seen before, we're entering into those timing. My brother and sister, it's really bad, okay? It's really bad, really, really bad. Psalm 38, 1, O Lord, rebuke me not in thy wrath, neither chasten me in the heart of the pleasure. Hallelujah. Psalm 39, 11, when thou rebuke, thou hast not correct men for his iniquity. Thou makest the beauty to be consumed away like a moth. Surely every man is vanity. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Psalm 76, 6. I die rebuke, O God of Jacob. Both the Shavia and the Herses are cast into the deep sleep. People are sleeping. But this sleep that people are in, the Bible says it's deep sleep. Deep sleep is what this humanity is in America and around the world. My brother insisted. Psalm eighty sixteen, It burns with fire. It cuts down. They perish of the rebuke of thy countenance. The countenance of the Lord is every day closer to the earth. What happens? People will be rebuked. Nations will be rebuked of his countenance, the Bible says. And what happened when they rebuke him with his countenance? They perish. They perish. Why are the nations are going to perish very soon? 
because the countenance of the Lord is still the earth to raise his bride, to make all things new as he promised. And the Bible said they will perish. They perish as I rebuke in that countenance. My brother and sister, they cannot escape because the Lord is, is about to come. The Lord is about to show up on the scene and begin to demand from his creation. The creator is coming, and he's coming as a judge, the Bible says, to judge all things. Those that are not under his blood repenting. When he comes to rebuke them, they're not ready for his rebuke. The Bible said they will perish of his rebuke. My Lord. Psalm 104, 7. At thy rebuke they fled. At the voice of thy thunder they hastened away. Notice how powerful his second coming is. His rebuke is going to be upon humanity. That when he, when he rebukes them, they flee. They run. Hide me, O rock, they'll say. They'll hide under the rocks. They'll hide in the cave. They'll, they'll hide in the bunkers. Why do you think there's so many bunkers being, rebuked, being rebuilt in May around the United States and the world? Even countries did not have bunkers years ago. They're, they're making them now. Why do the rich in the nation feel that they need to hide? Because the revelation says they're hiding from the faith of him. <clears throat> they're hiding from the Lord. That's why. They're hiding from him. But they forget there's no place to hide from him. Nowhere they can hide from them. As thy rebuke, they fled. The voice of thy thunder, they hasten away. Oh, my Lord. Psalm 106, 9, he rebuked the Red Sea also. And it was dried up. He led them through the depths as though the wilderness. Everything obeyed him. That's what something the disciples learned about Jesus. They walked with Jesus. But it was like they still had their doubts. And when he was in the boat and he was asleep, I say, Lord, Lord, I'm waking or we perish, they say. And the Lord got up and rebuked the, the wind. Order the water to be calm. And they're like, even the water and the wind obey him. Everything obey him. He created all. The wind knows his voice. The sea knows him. When he speaks to the sea, the sea obey him. He told, he told the sea in the beginning, your water will not pass, pass my boundary. And the sea from the beginning has been obeying his voice. He ordered the wind to come from the north to the south and the, sea away, the wind away. He ordered the wind to go from the south to the east and obeyed him. Everything obeyed him. I love what someone was saying the other, the other day. Humanity is so worried of what is happening. When you look to the birth of the air, they're singing to God every day. They're worshiping his name. They're not worried about what they're about to eat, what they're going to eat for the day. They get up early in the morning. And what did the bird do? None of them sleep extra hours. I love it. There's a guy I like on YouTube. He records these birds' life in the nest. And he records how early in the morning birds get up and they begin to sing. And they sing to God 
for hours. Then they go out to look for their meal. And they get food enough for the babies. They bring them back to the nest. They're never lacking any food. They're never lacking any water. Plenty of food for their babies and water. They come back for the nest. And they come back again in the afternoon and they worship him for hours again. It's like they're thanking God for the meal of the day and the water. And they're back and safe into the nest. And they raise their babies. And they never worry for hurricanes to come, earthquakes or anything. Because they trust in the Almighty, their Creator. What happened with us, humanity? What happened with people who are trust? Stop trusting the Lord. Why are people so worried and so concerned of what they are to eat and what they are to dress or where they're going to sleep? God take care of all, my brother and sister. Hallelujah. Psalm 119.21, Thou have rebuked the proud and are cursed. They err from the commandment. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Proverbs 9, 7, He that reprove a scorner, get it for himself shame. But he that rebuke a wicked man, get it himself a reproach. <laughs> I learned this. You can never win with them. You can never win, win with the wicked or proud one. Because no matter what you have to say to them from God or, or, or the word of God, or, or, they will all get, always get angry at you. Okay, he that we provoke corner gives himself shame. Shame is they always want to put you to shame. They always have something to say against you. And I, he that rebuke a wicked man, get himself a reproach. Exactly. Oh, you did what? Well, you think you're holy than thou? Oh, you, what do you think? They always not happy with what you have to say. My brothers, it's just difficult. But we have to wait on the Lord to take Benjamin. Benjamin is his. We cannot take Benjamin as his. And his timing, everything will be corrected again. Hallelujah. But here's the difference when you, when you rebuke a wise man, the Bible says. Proverbs 9 and we reprove our scorner, and he, lest he hate you thee. Of course he will hate you. Rebuke a wise man, and he will love thee. Hallelujah. When you tell a brother or a sister in the Lord, hey, you know, don't do that. That's not, God doesn't like that. That's not pleasing to the Lord. Oh, thank you, brother, you know. Thank you for that. I appreciate what you just let me know. Thank you, Lord. I repent to the Lord. God love you. Oh, this brother, what a blessing he is, they'll say. You know, I needed that, and, and he let me know. They love you. My brother and sister, I love brothers and sisters years ago. Brother Harvey, don't say that on the Lord's child. Don't speak this way. You know, be careful what you say. Don't don't be talking. About, don't say names. Try not to say names so people won't get angry at you for mentioning their name. Until I've been correcting myself over the year on the things that I should say or not. Don't be saying names. Don't be pointing to people. Even if you joke about something, don't say their name. Someone email you about something, don't say anything about that. Don't say their name. Never. And that is truth of that. 
my brother and sister, it's a way of keeping peace with people. Because people don't like their, 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 their private information being said being mentioned. You know, unless someone says, Brother Elby, I have a prayer request. Can you tell the brothers and sisters to please pray for this? Then I'll go, say, I'll go ahead and say it. But it's really wise, according to Proverbs, for us to, you know, maintain that relationship, that friendship. You don't, we don't need to be saying names, mentioning names. This and that. A lot of people think they do, and then they don't have friends. No one wants to be with them because they're always speaking their mind off, offending people. We got to be careful with not offending people, saying they, they're so bad. You know, then it's, if we are saying that we have to pray, we have to repent, we have to go to the Lord, Lord help us. Amen. The whole idea is to try to get along, which is hard. It's hard. But especially in the society today, everything is misunderstood today. You say one thing, the person hears another thing, and they'll misunderstand right away. So we have to ask the Lord, help us to get along. Help us to understand one another, that we're not always in strife, but we're getting along. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Proverbs 31, a wise man heareth his father's instruction, but a, a scorner heareth not the rebuke. And this is how you know you're speaking to a scorner when they don't want to hear what you have to say. My brother and sister, you know, a wise man hears his father's instruction. What is the father's instruction? God is our father. And his father says to us to do things in a certain way. We say, amen, father. Amen. And we do it his way. Every day we look to do it in his will, as Jesus said. Father, not my will, but thy will be done. We need to be looking every day to doing God's will, not our own. My brother and sister, his will be done. And when we look forward to doing God's will, everything will, will go well for us. His will will make things well for us when we follow his will. But when we follow our will, everything goes wrong for us. Let his will be our will. And that's what we need to look for. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Proverbs 13, 8, the ransom of our main life is his riches, but the poor hears not the rebuke. The poor hear not the rebuke. Proverbs 24, 25, but to them that rebuke him, but to them that rebuke him shall be delight. A good blessing shall come upon them. Blessing comes, hallelujah, in the rebuke. My brother insisted. Can you imagine that? But to them that rebuke him shall be the light. Him that is rebuking is the Lord. To them that the Lord is rebuking is the light. A good blessing shall come upon them. So you see why the Lord's been preparing our life for his blessing. Okay? Through the blessing. He has many blessings for us. And they're gonna come under his rebuke. He's the one telling us, look, don't do this, don't do that, do it this way, do it that other way. We just need to seek his will, that his will be done on earth, in our lives as it is in heaven. My brother and my sister, Jesus, even in heaven, still does the word of the Father. My brother and sister, 
Everything is what the fathers want. We need to be the same down here. Okay? As he said, it will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We need to be doing the will of Father, seeking to knowing his will, his direction, his guidance, his revelation to us. God can reveal to you and I anything that pertains to his will, it his will to reveal it to us. Notice how, how it's been said and how it is in his word. His will be done. His kingdom come. When his will is done, we find joy and peace in him. We find guidance and direction in his will. You will find out that if you pray to know his will, to be guided according to his will, my brother and sisters, he will always confirm it to you. He will always guide you. He will always tell you what direction to take when it's done according to his will. Not your will, his. It's like, what job that God wants you to have? What exactly that God wants you to be doing? Where did God wants you to be? You know, all of that is under his will. He'll tell you exactly. You don't need to be guessing. You don't need to be calling anyone. Should I be there? Should I be doing this? Should I be? No. You ask the Lord, Lord, where do you want me to do? Where do you want me to be? What do you want me to do? Okay? What should I be doing now? Where should I be busy? What job do you want me to have? Where? Things like that. You should be in prayer for those things. He'll give you dreams and visions. You'll find out that every time you seek his will to be done in your life, you get clear direction from him. When you fast and pray and you say, Lord, okay, Lord, where? What? Where, Lord? This is what you want me to be. This is what you want me to be. This is what you want me to be doing, Lord. The Lord will say, yes. Do this, my son. Do this, my daughter. I will be with you. Lord, remember I was in Massachusetts. Lord wanted me to come to North Carolina. He said this to me. And I said, Lord, please. And the Lord confirmed it to me. He came and told me, okay, go, my son. I'll be with you. I will bless you. I will protect you. I will be with you and your family. Nothing you will need. And it's been exactly how he said it, my brother and sister. Exactly how the Lord has said it. Exactly how he has promised. He has done. Nothing less than what he said. Because I cannot say to the Lord one day, Lord, you did not fulfill what you said to me. I will be a liar. Because he can show me if I'll say such a thing. I am thankful to the Lord and grateful to him because he has fulfilled his promise to my life. My brother and sister, everything has been in his timing and he has been faithful. Faithful, 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 my brother and sister. Thank you, Lord. In his guidance, in his will, everything is perfect. His will aligns us to do his will, to seek his will. To know his will, my brother and sister, and everything in his will, it is provided, it is supplied, it's all there that you and I need, my brother and sister. And many people years ago when I started talking about these things and they started seeking it, they started finding now. The Lord began to open the door, bless them, provide to them, 
supply their need according to riches and glory, they began to see the mighty hand of God in a way they didn't think it was possible before as believers. And people started contacting me, brother Elvie, wow, brother Elvie. You know, this is important. Some people miss as well. They they start doing something else. Because in the moment God had told them, they prayed to God and God said, this is what I want you to be doing. And then someone else show up and say, hey, I, I got this other thing to you. Because the devil will send people to your lives. God wants you to be doing this and there where he's going to bless you and be with you and you have tremendous victory. The devil will send someone say, hey, go tell so-and-so to go to this other place, this other. And then you move listening to this other person and you get away from where God wanted you to be. The devil likes to do that. My brother and sister, mislead people. When God had told him, no, I want you to stay here and wait on me. Notice how Elisha is an example. Elisha was by the river, by the guidance of God. And right there, God sent the bird to bring in me. God was supplying his need right there. And then God said, arise, Elisha, go to the house of the widow. My brother says, Elisha comes to the house of the widow. There's, there is not, there's no oil, there's no grain. And Elisha comes and prays, and there was an abundance. It, she didn't have enough tanks, boats, gallons, whatever you want to call it, enough to fill the abundance that God was supplying of, of oil. She paid all her debt. She had enough of the future, enough to supply the community. That fountain of God just kept, because Elisha, the man of God, under the will of God, under that obedience was there, and God kept supplying, supplying, supplying. My brother insisted. A miracle fountain from God through the prophet Elisha of that oil. Thank you, Lord. But you notice something. When Elisha leaves, that was there for her. Okay? But at least he learned that, like Elisha, if you seek the will of God, to do the will of God, in the will of God, there is supplication for us, abundance in Christ, and not for us. Jesus walking with his disciples. It's about 5,000 people hungry. My brother and sister, hungry, hungry, hungry. And what do they need? Food. And Jesus told his disciples to feed them. The disciples right right now, what in the world? Imagine that. What in the, how are we going to feed all these people? Where are we going to get enough food for 5,000 people right now? And Jesus said, what do you have? Three Lord of fish and two pieces of bread. All right, give it to me. Jesus raised it and said, Father, I thank you as you always hear me. I thank you, O oh God. He prayed the same prayer David prayed. Hallelujah. I thank you. Father, I thank you because you always hear me. My brother and sister. And immediately, bring your, 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 your canister. Bring, bring whatever you have. Bring it. And they bring all the canister. And they will be like in the time of Elisha, the miracle fountain of oil was there. And we, 
And now the miracle fountain of bread and fish was here. It was the same Lord of Elisha in the time in the house of the widow that kept multiplying, 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 multiplying. Now it was the bread, the bread and the fish multiplied, multiplied, multiplied. But you didn't notice something about the fish and the bread. The fish was well cooked. It was already cooked. The bread was already made. Nice and toast. Wonderful to eat. But it was the unleavened bread, though. Amen. But it was cooked. It was done. My, as I say, well done. It was delicious to eat. Marvelous existed. That fountain that is Jesus was running as an overdrive, as people say, an overdrive. Put it in overdrive. And it was going. Fish and bread, fish and bread, fish and bread, fish and bread, fish and bread. In the time of Elisha, oil and wheat, oil and wheat, oil and wheat, oil and wheat, like a warehouse. Bible existed. It was all right there beside the disciple. I imagine them looking at Jesus and looking at the bread and the fish being multiplied. They multiply. They multiply. And looking at Jesus and smiling. Jesus smiling. And the bread and the fish being multiplied. Imagine the widow and her, and her son looking at Elisha and looking at the oil. And, and wow. It never stopped. It, was, it, kept, it kept going. God is the same God of yesterday, today, and forever. He wants to do the same thing. The Lord has shown me that before we are rapture here in my house, we're going to pray for food that we love, like a salmon with salad, rice, and bean in the sample. And it's all going to appear on the table, a bowl of salmon, cooked rice, bean salad, and whatever fish we like, it's all going to appear on the table, all cooked. The whole table will be filled with, with food, all cooked. Like he did to the disciples, the bread and the fish. Like he did in the widow of the house of, of, in the time of Elisha. He promised me, he showed me the other day, look, my son. He showed me, look what I'm going to do in your house. When everything runs out up there, and you cannot go all by this, by that, because that's just about to come. You, you, my children, don't need to worry. Okay? You can just ask. And I saw us, we pray. We had a group here in the house, and we pray. And all this food just appeared on the table, all ready to eat. And we thank God, oh, thank you, God, for all this food, and we sat down to eat. Delicious, delicious. And I hope I don't forget to ask for the uh, all the food cut already. And, you know, <laughs> thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. My brother insisted, we worry for now. We worry for the things that perish. God don't want us to worry for those things. What we're going to eat. What we're going to address. When he talks about these things, he said, look, the, the bird of the air, they don't do nothing and God feeds them. Look at the grass that today is, tomorrow thrown into the oven, and God dresses better than Solomon. We don't need to worry about that. It's our salvation that matters. It's our relationship with God today. If it's there, the rest I just added, he will add it up to us. Seek the kingdom of heaven first. Jesus said, 
and every other thing will be added unto you. All right, now let, let me play back the week, the recap, Sister Celestial Day yesterday. For those that did not hear in the last of the program, I did not play it completely. Listen to it and let it bless you. Thank you, Lord. Shalom. Hello again, and welcome to the Master's Voice. I'm Celestial, and you are welcome to this channel. To old and new subscribers alike, you are very welcome. I have what I hope will be a very brief message from the Lord, with the Lord just directing me to bring back to the understanding of all who hear these prophetic messages, that these are the words of the Lord, that these are the messages that I have been entrusted with by the hand of the Lord at his selection, at his divine instruction, and I bring them forth as God has given them to me, and the Lord wants me to bring to remembrance several things. One of them is that America will be destroyed by war, first a civil war, and then by invasion, that this nation will tear herself on the inside because of dichotomy, that is extreme difference between one side and the other side. You might say left and right, but that is not, that is not the only type of um, disagreement or separation. Dichotomy is where you have two parts or something or, or more parts that cannot be reconciled. So America will fall to pieces because even though she is one whole nation, the Lord is saying that the pieces of the puzzles that make the United States will become irreconcilable. So just like these marriages that are eventually dissolved and they end in divorce because the two parties, the, the same two parties that agreed to have a covenant, the same two parties that agreed to get married can no longer find common ground. They can no longer remember or they no longer want to hold true to the very reasons that brought them together Therefore, they separate, they tear apart until finally the marriage is seen as irreconcilable. America will fall apart because she will not be able to reconcile her various parts, her various sections, parents and children, governments and people, citizens and citizen structures, um, uh, the different races, the different ethnic backgrounds that live here, the different political ideologies, the different mindsets and viewpoints, the different um, personal beliefs that different sections of the population hold, it will become impossible for the melting pot to stay melted anymore and there will come separation. And the evidence breakdown of the separation will eventually be civil war. And uh, in, in following that prophecy, something that the Lord has been bringing on my heart for the last few days, it's just this one word, conscription, conscription. So conscription is the act of forcing people to join the armed forces. Conscription is the act of forcing people to join the military, requiring people who do not or may not want to join the fighting forces of a country to join the fighting forces and to um, to participate. So usually conscription uh, in times of, takes place only in times of war, in times of desperation, then people are forcibly made to join the army. And that word was coming. And then the Lord said that conscription will be forced in the United States. And there will be forced registration for the army of all ages, 
over the age of 16 years old. So when this message was coming, it was confusing to my spirit, and I kept asking the Lord, Lord, do you mean at 16 years old? And he would say over, and then I would think, it, does this include? And he finally said, it will be legal to take 17-year-olds into the army. So you're supposed to be 18 year old, 18 years old before you can register to join any branch of the United States Army. But the Lord says that they will conscript and force registration of people to fight in the army over the age of 16. So if you're 16, 16 and a quarter, 16 and a half, you won't be forced. But that 17 gap year where you're supposed to be free of that, it will be legal for 17-year-olds to be made to fight in the U.S. Army. And the Lord says that women will also be mobilized in the United States, all of legal age who meet the criteria. So the Lord did not tell me what the criteria is or the criteria will be for women, if it will be a height criteria, if it will be only an age criteria or something. But one thing I do know is that when I was on my break, I had a very strange dream. And in that dream, which I, I have not yet put on the blog or made into a video, in that dream, I was in the Army and I had served six tours, which is just unbelievable in itself. But I was in the Army and I had already done six tours in an exhausting war that destroyed America. America was basically just mud. It was just literally when the ground is so messed up that it seems that everywhere you go is just either barrenness or mud. And there were checkpoints all over this country. In that dream, I had, I had finished my tours and I was not signing up for a seventh. I had done six tours, so I thought, but it actually turns out that I had done more tours and I didn't have full memory of everything that I had done. And part of that is because I had been given substances that made me as a female very much able to fight. So I've spoken in 2022 that the Lord says that he called them the children of the army because to God, it doesn't matter if you're six foot nine and you're 212 pounds of pure muscle Everything created on earth that is human is simply God's child. You're just a child to him. He's seen you even as an embryo, so you can never be a full man or woman in front of God. And uh, I had been given substances that made me extremely adept at warfare. And uh, in this dream, I had done, in my mind, I had done six tours. But in reality, I had a very high rank, and I had done more and six tours, and I was tired, and I decided not to sign up, and so I was making my journey back home. One one person in the group, we were three, it was me and two men. One person in the group was a man who had been in my division who knew more about the terms of my service than I myself because my memory was not what it should be. And another was another man that we just met up with on the way, and we were traveling in a group. We had to go through so many checkpoints in that dream. So that was just something that came to my mind when the Lord was also saying that women will be made to serve in the American military. Another thing the Lord brought back, this is something that I dealt with all the way at the top of the year in 2021, is that the Muslim presence in the United States 
will greatly increase and that uh, Muslim power will be a very visible and ruling and powerful power and that this country will have integrated into the legal system Sharia law, which is the law that says that, you know, um, practicing Christianity can be met with death and also um, stealing and other such things that people do, it can result in having a body parts chopped off. And I shared a long ago dream in which I saw that um, I think Michigan was the state where Sharia law had been fully implemented. And I said I was so stunned because in, instead of people running away from that state, they lived in Michigan still, American. They lived under that law and uh, they didn't run away. They lived there and they complied with it. And this blew my mind in the dream that God was showing me because people did not resist that law. It was part of the normal law. And another thing that the Lord was bringing um, up again is he told me to say again that on this channel that the judgment of death has been put upon certain people for the sins that they have committed. And you have to understand when the Lord Jesus Christ is speaking about the judgment of death, the Lord is, the Bible says that the Lord does not take pleasure in the death of any sinner. Because when, when human beings are listening to spiritual things, and listening with a carnal ear, which is just an earthly ear, then what they tend to do is they want to question the judgment of God, and they actually do not know that they are questioning the lordship of God himself by saying, well, why does a person have to die in this? And, and you are risking so much ire from God. You're risking so much wrath because when you actually say that you as a person want to question God's platform to judge his own creation, you don't understand that you are trying to stand up as a shield in the earth in front of the person who has been judged. And when the Lord is loosing an arrow of judgment to a person and you want to be the shield, that arrow may go through you. It may pierce through you, and that is because you dare to stand up in the earth and try to defy God with your mouth. A lot of people you are signing judgment warrants for yourself, not because of any direct crime that you have committed against God, but because you rage against the Most High, which is Psalm, um, Psalm 2. Why do the nations rage and the heathen imagine a vain thing? And it is very vain to think that you will stand up against God Almighty and question his decisions and try to make him seem like he is unsound in judgment. That is the worst thing that you could do. But no matter how many times I bring it up, people continue to do this. And so I will have to, as a servant of the Lord, simply leave many people to their own devices. You go ahead and do this. And then perhaps if you are still alive, you can always come back and let everybody else know how it went for you. So these people that have been prophesied on the channel, God only brought up some names. And I think there is one name here that I've never spoken. And that was the first name he brought. And the Lord says, that made Mayor Rudy Giuliani, the Lord mentioned this man's name and said that Mayor Rudy Giuliani will lose his life. And the only thing that the Lord said is he will lose his life for unrighteousness. So the Lord did not say to me what the unrighteousness is. He didn't say it is this or that. And this man is quite beloved. He has quite a historic position in New York City because of the actions that he took in the past to protect this city, but the Lord says that this man's life will be required of him for unrighteousness. 
The next person the Lord spoke of was the former Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, and he said, For wickedness, witchcraft, and sorcery, which I spoke in, I think it would be more than a year ago, in March 2022, I will look for that message and leave it underneath. And the next person the Lord says will lose his life is President Paul Kagame of Rwanda and says that this president will be assassinated. And the reason that the Lord gave this man has his own prophecy is because this man is strongly anti-American and anti-West, and he does not play ball with the different policies that come from the West and from the United States in particular, that he is very, very committed to his own nation, and he is against such Western trends as homosexuality and things like that. And for that, he will be removed. America, the Lord says, America will conspire against this man, so this man to be killed. The next person that the Lord spoke of uh, many times, his name has been mentioned, is Bishop T.D. Jakes. And the Lord says, for the sin of homosexuality and mockery of the cross, this man will be removed from the earth. His judgment will be death. The next person that the Lord spoke of is the popular pop star, Beyonce Knowles. And the Lord says that her life will be required of her because she mocks the Lord Jesus Christ. The other things the Lord mentioned against her is for the sins of witchcraft, the sins of summoning. This is actually having the ability to use spiritual means, satanic means, to call up high-level spirits and demons and devils to be able to call things out of the spiritual realm and also working in the dark arts and black magic. The next three people, the Lord mentioned them in a group, is Creflo Dollar, Joyce Meyer, and Benny Hinn. And he says these are false teachers who have been at the forefront of the movement for many decades of deceiving the church of Jesus Christ. And for something that the Lord kept calling usury. Now, when you look usury up on the Internet, it basically says lending money and then lending it at such a premium that it becomes very burdensome for those who borrow the money to pay back. But the way that the Lord is using this word usury is that these people are selling the gospel of Jesus Christ at a premium and causing people to pay them for it. The next person the Lord mentioned is Donald J. Trump. He also has been mentioned in many prophecies, and the Lord says that this man's life will be lost for the sins of idolatry, that people in America worship him, and for his own sins of personal pride. And the last person that the Lord mentioned is President Joseph R. Biden, and his judgment was simply death. So the Lord did not explain anything further. It is just death with a capital D, the same death that is mentioned in the book of Revelation as a judgment in the end times, death the personage to take someone so please be advised that when you come to the Master's Voice Prophecy blog, you are not listening to political opinions or anyone's feelings. I am reading out what God has given me, and it will behoove those who use this channel to listen and to take all things to prayer that God make it available and understandable to you. God bless you. Keep your heart open and transparent to the Holy Spirit and walk in repentance. I am Celestial, and this is the Master's Voice. Until I see you again. Goodbye. Good morning, everyone, and thank you for joining me once again on my YouTube and Rumble channels today. Today is May the 23rd of 2023, and I'd like to share another message with you from the Lord this morning. The Lord has been speaking to us about the great work that he is doing 
in his church in these last days. And this word today is another word that will encourage each one of you who are in Christ Jesus that there is great hope for these end times and we can expect great things in the days ahead. In this word today, the Lord addresses the issues amongst his own people. We understand that we have a very real adversary, the devil, and our adversary continues to harass us. Though we have made a commitment to Christ and have made choices that come into alignment with his word, the enemy will be looking for and will find loopholes in our devotion to the Lord and will find ways to harass us and to cause us to stumble. In this word today, the Lord is telling us that he is intervening to set us free from any entanglement with the enemy and that he is giving his people power to walk in victory and also to set the captives free. I hope you will be blessed as you hear this word today because the Lord is about to pour out his spirit in portions unknown. It is by the power of the Spirit that the enemy will be defeated in our lives. This word today is titled, A Great Outpouring. I'll begin by reading scripture. Psalm 31, verse 24. Be strong and take heart. All you who hope in the Lord. This scripture verse is straightforward. It is a word to encourage us all to stand tall, to be strong. Do not be discouraged because God will come through for us. Joel 2 verse 29 Even on my servants both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. This scripture speaks of God's promise to pour out his spirit upon all mankind. I'll begin this word. Follow my lead. Do not get sidetracked. Do not get tossed aside, but press in to take the land, says the Lord. I am giving you the land, and you shall reign and rule in righteousness. I have opened the door for you to enter into the full calling that is upon your life. You will marvel as you see me strengthen you in the midst of the assembly to proclaim my righteousness and call down the high places. I have put my sword in your hands, and you shall wield it with great agility. You will not be moved by circumstances, but your focus shall be upon the Lord your God, and you shall go forth in the power and anointing of his name to slay every giant in the midst 
of the congregation. I am increasing my spirit within you. I am increasing the power of my might within you. And you shall run and not grow weary. You shall go forth to storm the gates of hell and take back what is mine, setting the captives free and bringing sight to the blind. For deep darkness has been upon the people. But my light is rising upon my people in this day, and it shall break through the storm clouds and dispel the darkness. There has been no other day like this. Multitudes shall be free from the tauntings and bindings of the evil one. They shall leap and dance and praise their God for his faithfulness to deliver them from the snare of the fowler. Get ready, says the Lord, for I am about to thrust you out into the highways and byways. You will be amazed at the power you see flowing through you. You will see the countenance of those you speak to and minister to change before your eyes. All walls of wickedness and every pretense shall come crumbling down, and those you share the word of life with will fall to their knees in humility and repentance. I am doing it, says the Lord. I am pouring out my spirit upon all flesh, and every man, woman, and child shall see that the Lord is God. They shall see the sons of God revealed in this day. For the glory of the Lord shall surround them and encompass them, and the brightness of their countenance shall draw men from every walk of life to the Father. You will see this right before your eyes. You will see how I break down barriers that have held the people at a distance from me. I am removing every hindrance, says the Lord, every stumbling block, and the roadway shall be made clear, and multitudes shall be turned from sin and put onto the way of holiness, the way that leads to life. No longer shall the prince of darkness hold them bound, for I am releasing them out of the hands of the enemy and ushering them into my kingdom. Every mystery shall be unfolded in this day. Every revelation that has been withheld from the people is being released and the eyes of the blind are being opened to see the presence of the Lord in all the earth. Sickness and death shall no longer hold the people bound, for they shall be lifted up, have resurrection life breathed into them, and they shall be snatched up to the Lord. The days are few before the Son of Man shall come to the earth in his fullness. Multitudes who sleep in the dust shall be raised up, and the earth shall quake, and signs and wonders 
as have never been seen or known shall be released upon the earth. This is the day of the Lord and of his fury and vengeance upon the evil doer. Every door is opening and prisoners are being released to go forth into everlasting life. I am doing a great work among the people, says the Lord. I am removing every fleshly desire in their hearts and implanting the Father's heart into them. Their thoughts will lie 